It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Isaac, Eric, Steve, Sean, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 2018 film Solo, a Star Wars Story. Here we are arriving at our fifth stop on our, our long Star Wars journey. I think we have like 13 of them to do. We're stopping off this time with Solo. I guess the... Is this our fifth prequel? Yeah, I guess they've all been prequels previously we've done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so wow. Yeah. Still in the prequel era, although in a different era at the same time. We are back with the same crew of Sean, Eric, Isaac, and Steve, and me. And yeah, here we go. So... <laughs> So who wants to start with their their initial thoughts with this one? It is a lawless time. <laughs> I'm going to say that this is the first um, film that we've covered in this range that I really like. I'm sorry. I like this movie. Oh, boy. And I don't understand why it gets all the vitriol that it does. It's it's pretty solid. Um, when it first came out, like I, I hate when stuff comes out. And, you know, all the fans are gushing. They take fucking pictures of their ticket, you know, at the Alamo Draft House and all that shit. And I'm, I'm over here like, I don't care. I don't care. I hate all your fan gushing. You know, it's like it's like the opposite end of the spectrum is the Wes Anderson fans. But we'll get there some other time. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that series. No, sir. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I and then when I finally saw it. Um, I just bought it on Blu-ray, like, out of obligation, because I owned every other Star Wars film, except Clone Wars on Blu-ray, and, uh, I'm like, damn, this is not bad at all. Sean, you gotta complete the collection, what are you doing? Yeah, I know, and I still haven't gotten the last, uh, Star Wars, the, what is it, the Panties of Skywalker, or whatever it's called? There you go. Rise of Skywalker? Is that what it's called? Palpatine's Rising. Oh, the yeah. Rise of Palpatine? Yeah. <laughs> the Palpatine Rises. <laughs> you know, when I, when I hear that, it makes me think it's like some sort of, like, my heartbeat goes up. Oh, I'm, my Palpatine is rising! <laughs> I was thinking of an erection, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> <sighs> See, this is where it's taking, you're taking it, Caleb. You're taking it. Oh, I apologize. It's, um, it's, yeah. The problem <laughs> is, is that this movie is just a, you know, a solid action pick. And I actually can't deconstruct it and say, uh, you know, it's good because of cinematography. Because to me, this movie has no cinematography. I'm sorry, but if 50% of your film is going to be effects, there's very little cinematography in it. Okay. Um, but uh, I, what is the problem? I mean, like, what, what do people not like about this movie? It's, I, I think... will leave it to Isaac to explain as we go along. <laughs> 
No, no I go ahead, theory, Steve. Go ahead, Isaac. No, we'll save it for, oh. yeah, we'll do initial thoughts first. <laughs> Fudge. Steve, you're up. Um, no, I think the reason it didn't do so well, one, uh, no one wanted this movie. No one asked oh. for it. How can you replace yeah. Harrison Ford? I think a lot of people felt kind of like what they're doing with the new Indiana Jones movie. Um, wow. Two, the, the the movie before uh, Last Jedi pissed off probably more than half the fan base. So a lot of them are like, well, screw you. I'm not going to watch your Disney Star Wars anymore. Um, and three, Kathleen Kennedy's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> Show us on the doll where Kathleen Kennedy touched you, Steve. Because I, I, exactly. you can't just there say you that and just like, you know. Hey, maybe we'll get into it. But, but what are your initial thoughts having uh, revisited this time, Steve? Actually, I agree with Sean. It's it's a good film. I'm, I, I'm not so. I guess tied up into hating something because of, uh, it's Star Wars now or Disney Star Wars. But uh, I have to admit, I'm a little. I like the older stuff for sure. Uh, and this one wasn't that bad. And out of all the, the Disney Star Wars, actually, this ranks up there pretty high for me. Out of mm-hmm. everything that's been released through that, through that studio. Yeah. Yeah, so some more positive opinions. How about you, uh, Mr. Eric, over there? What are your thoughts on this one? Bless you. Bless you. <coughs> Excuse me, thanks. It killed him. Uh- <laughs> oh, no. No. He's choking I, from all the coaxium. I, you know, my initial viewing, I thought, oh, that's nice. I like it. It's nice. It's simple. But it, it didn't blow me away or anything. But it was just, it was just, well, it's fun. But as time has gone on, Every time I revisit this movie, I like it a little bit more than I did before. Um, and it just continues to grow on me. And it's it's just great. And and I think it remains the only live-action uh, Star Wars movie that doesn't deal with galaxy-shattering stakes. It's the only live-action uh, mm. Star Wars movie to date that is its own little self-contained story. Like, even if all our heroes died, you know, okay, whatever. But the galaxy would just move, like, continue on. So that's interesting. Um, I also like Star Wars movies in general when they introduce, like, different kind of aliens, different kind of planets, different kind Mm. of, like, vehicles and droids. This movie, in that regard, is perhaps the most divergent of, of all again, of all the live-action Star Wars movies, in that it, it, it's really, like, pushing the boundaries and, and adding in, like, a lot of different texture in, in a variety of different ways. Um, no, it's just, yeah. It's, it's it's a really nice movie. It's, like, there's some Star Wars movies that I extremely like, and there's some that really rub me the wrong way, and this one is just nice. Like, it just sits there. It's not offensive to my Star Wars sensibilities. It's just... It's just it's just hanging out, having a good time. You so know, it's oh sorry. It, oh, it, it doesn't rub you the wrong way. It's more like a nice dry hand job on top of the oh, chair. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to actually ask him a, a question related to film <laughs> instead of some sexual thing that you're doing. Yeah, take it away, Steve. Did, yeah. Eric, did you know? Uh, I'm sure you you do. Um, you follow this stuff pretty closely. But it was going to be when when Disney took over. It was going to be like a Star Wars film every year, kind of like a Marvel 
cinematic yes. university. Yeah. And then because yeah. of this film, that it broke it. Because I think they were going to do like a Obi-Wan movie, a Boba Fett movie. Uh, yes. they, it was going to be a film every year. Like every other year was going to be a main like trilogy film. And then the off year would be something like Solo, which is kind of like a one-of kind of. Yes, uh, yes, I recall all this. And so this one, it, it, I think it performed so poorly that it, uh, yeah, that Bob Iger, uh, you know, the, yeah, by far performed the you know the worst of, of all the live action Star Wars movies and, and certainly of the Disney era as well. And, and yeah, I think it's a whole damn shame um, because I do think a lot of it had to do with the Last Jedi, like you mentioned, and a lot of people just. I just remember so many people saying, "Yeah, maybe I'll watch it when it comes out home release," and then even then. A lot of people would still say like, "Oh, I still haven't watched it." Yeah, you know, not motivated. Blah blah blah. And I just thought it was a, it was a shame because mm-hmm. uh, it I, like I really like it, and 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 I don't I don't know maybe <laughs> I can't imagine having that type of relationship with Star Wars or Star Trek or Doctor Who overall, where there could be something that I find really terrible, and then I would just like walk away and. I, I, I can't even fathom that about the things that I have like deep fandom for so I can't even figure out how people like I'm not even a big fan let's say of the Fast and Furious series but let's say I went and watched the new Fast and Furious and I thought oh that was just garbage I wouldn't just be like oh I'm walking away now from the for the rest of my life and I don't care what they put out and I, I have nothing invested in Fast and Furious yet I wouldn't even do it with that so I don't even get how people get really like binary about things like it's really weird well only only the cis deal with absolutes there you go absolutely yeah bring it back around but how about you isaac what are your thoughts for i guess this is kind of your first viewing for this movie yeah it is my first viewing i didn't go back and listen to our commentary that we did uh three years ago oh and just since you mentioned that before you give your have we all done a podcast previously on this movie, by the way? Because I know Sean and Steve did shit we watched on Netflix. Oh, wow. Me and you did a commentary. And Eric, did you do a, a sci-fi party line on this? Do you remember? Not that I not that I recall. Not that I, I think that, I think it was my first time potting on this. Ah, Solo Virgin. Sure. So you did like <laughs> seven episodes on Avatar, but you didn't do anything <laughs> about Solo. Yeah, what's wrong with yeah, these pretty, two? Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Well, I do have my... Escamilla Chronicles based on the Lando Chronicles, <laughs> and, but that was never published. So I do have like at least six essay audio essays on this movie. Oh, no, no. <laughs> six on just this one. But go ahead, Isaac. Sorry, I cut you off there. That's okay. Thank you. Um, so coming back to this film, oh boy. So I have I have some history with this film, as as Caleb alluded to earlier. Um, right. so we see we see Last Jedi, and. Uh, divisive. I'm, I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to get into it. But yeah, very, very divisive amongst audiences. I think that's the truth. And uh, at this point, I was kind of in that camp of it's not that I don't want a Han Solo movie. It's just that I don't agree with Disney releasing Solo six months after Last Jedi and how the, the reception to that. And so I was very put off by Last Jedi. And so I was like, I don't really want to watch uh, Solo because I just feel Star Wars out from that previous film. So I'm going to skip it. And so what I ended up doing was I watched it live with Caleb and did a commentary, which, you know, Caleb has said is probably the 
most backwards thinking thing you can do. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> are one of the most backwards thinking things you could do, and quite unprofessional. I mean, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> some history with this. Unfortunately, this was not a good start with uh, solo for me because I found out that through you know certain uh, internet news feeds. Um, that the, the duo themselves, not the solo, but the duo themselves, Lord and Miller, those yeah. two guys were going to be attached to this project and direct and probably write this. And I have a thing with Lord and Miller. I don't think they're funny. I do not think <laughs> that they're funny. So immediately going into this... You don't this, think everything is awesome? I don't think everything is awesome. <laughs> um, so and trust me, I have, I have a thing with Lego Movie. But anyways... Um, we, 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 we have this solo movie by Lord Miller, and I'm like... I don't know if I can do this. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Um, and then I hear that something's going. I I do not want them. I, sorry, I, I don't want their head on pikes. Don't worry. Like they're probably like oh decent. Hu- they're probably like really funny guys, like decent <laughs> human beings. But what they've written so far, like all the stuff I've seen of theirs, I'm like, I'll pass. I'm good. Um, and so uh, I, I then then find out that they're not going to be involved in this, and instead it's uh, one. I guess Lucasfilm. Alumni, I guess. Uh, one, one, Ron yeah. Howard, and it's like, wow, let's let's go. I haven't seen most most of his films, but everybody knows him from Happy Days. So like, and obviously him being an American Graffiti. So it's like, all right, we actually have like you know, <laughs> based he, on that, I'm not I'm not, his body of work. I'm not saying like, <laughs> and didn't he didn't he direct Willow? Yes, oh, many boy. things, yeah. many things. Was he involved in the new uh, the Will the new Willow miniseries? Um, Ron Howard, not directly, but um, he was really produced. But the writer and the the writer of Will the oh, or Empire Strikes Back writer writer of Solo, he was a big uh, part of Willow. Lawrence Caston. Caston, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, big, the writer of the and, and his and his son as well, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, well, here's the funny thing. I don't know if you guys remember, but I, I remember seeing in kind of the uh, the news feeds that I don't know if it's Jonathan or his father Lawrence Caston. Uh, they were having a real problem with Lord and Miller. Uh, from yeah. what I remember reading was that the, the way they were filming, they were taking the script and making it more silly uh, than it needed to be. And there's moments in this movie where I kind of think, I wonder if that has something to do with Lord Miller. Like the, the scene where Han Solo is with Kira and they're brought before, like, is that Praxton, the, the queen that, that's the worm. Proxima. He does like, Proxima. Proxima, thank you. Pro- Proxima, thank you. And, it, and he, has, he pretends he has a oh, yeah. uh, thermal detonator. Yeah, uh, yeah, thermal detonator. It's like a rocker. He's just making sounds with his mouth. Yeah. So this gets us kind of silly. I mean, it's funny. I, I actually chuckled, but th- those feel to me very Gordon Miller. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, but- they, they wanted to go off script from the original script and not only, I don't know, rewrite things, but they uh, they were shooting things with a very improvisational style. Yeah. Like, so they would do like 10 takes of a scene and ask the actors just to improvise on the fly ad-libbing yeah and as we know with uh with disney they're very strict about meeting their release dates and kathleen kennedy had already had issues with that so yeah that was ultimately i think the cause of them being fired yeah they were taking too long how, how do you say it's alden alden uh enrich is that his name the guy played solo yes aaron reich i yeah he's got a weird name <laughs> alden, it's, no, it's like alden enrich but i think he went from what I remember, he went to Kathleen Kennedy complaining. Um, mm, yeah, so I think that's what started. Well, Catson definitely did. He he was yeah he was definitely pretty pissed off because he wanted he had his words locked in. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but Isaac, yeah, go ahead with your initial thoughts. <laughs> Sorry for that little tangent there. <laughs> of this. Um, thank you. Um, so, watching this again, uh, it's... I, I, I was in this for uh, Ron Howard's sake, because, you know, I want I want him to succeed at this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, a, it's an okay movie. I don't know if I'm as... You know, po- well, I wouldn't say positive. I don't know if I have these uh, these these glowing reviews that these other fellows have, um, but I definitely think it is a solid movie, uh, and I say that as a movie. But um, yeah, Caleb, what are, what are your initial thoughts uh, on this film? Uh, seeing it again, what is this? What is because uh, you were very positive with this from the beginning. Uh, what is your what what? Uh, how many times have you seen it at this point? Oh, uh, well, let me check my Blu-ray here. Uh, today would have been my fourth viewing okay or fifth wait fifth I, I i have to ask how do you know how many times you've seen it by looking at your blue ray <laughs> oh i keep a sticky note in there with all the times that i've seen it really i think you've told me this before that's fascinating yeah wait, sean the way i always imagine it i always imagine it the way like our school libraries were back in the day uh-huh, uh-huh. with the little card and you could see like when people checked out the book i always picture Kayla's Blu-ray DVD library being like an old-fashioned library with the little card. Yeah. yeah. And you could like check it. And, oh, and, and do you organize it by the Dewey Decimal System, Caleb? <laughs> no. Alphabetized, unfortunately. Oh, but this is funny that the first time I saw it, I saw it on my birthday, June 30th on 2018. Ah, that's I didn't even realize it was out during the summer. How old Total were you silence at that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Six months yeah, after Last Jedi. Oh, wow. All right. It came out on May 25th in the United States for a wide release. Yeah, obviously, this. I wonder why. Oh wait, that's right. Because the original it's... Star Wars Day. Exactly. Oh yeah. fuck! I hate when they do shit like that. <laughs> why is that upsetting? Hey, I don't know. It's it's like earlier this month when it was May the fourth. Do you know how eye rolling I find everybody posting about May the fourth? I agree. I don't mind May the fourth, but I. So... Cringeworthy. But there's always the prerequisite Tom Baker posts that get around everywhere. Eh, whatever. <laughs> oh, Doctor Who Day? I don't like that either. Forks. <laughs> Everybody settle down. Yeah, May the 4th. <laughs> no, all, the, all the May the 4th be with you with Tom Baker. Those memes, those make me eye roll a little bit. That that's still going. <sighs> all of them. What's bizarre is on May, May the 4th this year, Lucasfilm doesn't do diddly squat. I don't understand why they don't take advantage of, of mm. that day. It's like free marketing for them i don't i don't know that's true yeah chris chibnall took over the marketing department (laughs) (laughs) i think for them star wars may be just the old lady that they put underneath the bed and bring her out every once in a while when they need to make a baby oh no oh my god i can't believe i don't know what i'm talking about please i don't either oh my god someone's watching barbarian too much no x files oh god yeah that too they usually have Star Wars celebration around the time of May fourth. Um, we're kind of interrupting your kind of initial review of it, but I also have. Uh, go ahead, Caleb. Sure. Um, I think I've made it pretty clear that, yeah, I'm not that much of a Star Wars fan. I find, I find the majority of these movies to be pretty bad, and so coming to this one, I was like, oh man, another prequel. How many fucking prequels are we gonna get here? And I was coming in pretty negative. I, I guess it was like almost a month after uh, it had been released that I finally saw it. And I came in with pretty low expectations. Okay. Uh, but Can I ask real... Just, okay. Sure. sure, go ahead. Uh, no, this isn't about your opinion. Uh, Rogue One is another prequel. Yeah. Sort of, right? And that took place after... I'm going to say it. 
after this movie. Star Wars: A New Hope. No, after this one. No, um, yeah, we're doing that one next. Yes, yes. Oh, really? Oh, that's next. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Next like it, it came after A New Hope, which was 1977, and that one was 2016. No, no, now you're getting confusing. Let's let's make this simple. No, no, no yeah. Let's not confuse here. But but what were you gonna say about the prequel, Sean? <laughs> I don't like them. I, and I can't invest myself in something like Marvel, like every single time. It's been a long time, but every single time I happen upon a Marvel, I happened upon a Marvel. I'll likely never watch another one for the rest of my life because it's they're 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 fading away, and there's nothing that's going to get me to watch another one on my own. But I'm like, really, I I don't understand, guys. Like the last superhero movie that I was into was like, um, uh, The Dark Knight. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the one with Heath Ledger? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like as far as I'm concerned, that's the last good superhero movie. I would suggest the Batman, but that's just me. Yeah. Oh, oh you are absolutely right. I'm sorry. This may be a, a, a topic for another time, but yeah, you are right. But I'm I'm you know I I just find these this Marvel shit just I just so eye rolling. Couldn't agree more. In, Star Wars is exactly the same thing. It's it's feeding off of itself. It's indulging the you know fan wink and the fans and everybody else. Yeah. But I, I I can't get enough of it. I think it's just fine. Like I'm not so invested in Star Wars uh, now that I'm going to be upset at it if it's bad, and I'm going to like it as it is on its own terms, and um. I'm sorry, I got distracted by it. something, <laughs> um, and so I don't have any. I don't even have any problems with the last, uh, the last of the movies, the one where uh, uh, ugly, what's his face, uh, Adam Driver, and what's her face end Damn, up kissing and making ugly. up. <laughs> well, let's, I, let's, I, let's I, save this. Let's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's let me quickly good. finish this up. <laughs> uh, so I've always had a bias against prequels. I just, I think it's lazy most of the time. I think it's very easy for them to. Uh, retread stuff and potentially ruin stuff and and so i wasn't excited about this but yeah. i did come out feeling like there was a lot more creativity here than i was expecting mm-hmm. it felt it feels like they were expanding out some elements of the star wars universe that was always a little bit uh not quite there like seeing how the little guy get gets crushed by the empire i like seeing some more focus on that and uh the droid rights i was always an advocate for i, I don't understand what droids are in the star wars universe so I'm focusing on that really uh, tickled my fancy as well. So yeah, I, I, I came away happy with this one. But Well, no, you hit on something, and I, I think it's a valid point, is that w- when someone does a prequel, it's like the, the, the writer or even producer, they, they feel like they have to make connections. Like, oh, okay, let's... Han Solo, let's have an explanation for his name. Um, uh-huh. let, let's, let's see how he, how he got the Millennium Falcon. No, I I don't think the fans really wanted to see that. I think they were fine with whatever mm-hmm. you know was in the books. I, I never really read the, the, the novels, but I don't think people really wanted explanations. It's almost like if they were to do the Godfather, um, and they were trying to. I know they did with Godfather too. They went back in time, but I think that was done well. But they didn't. There wasn't a need to kind of connect, make connecting tissues with everything. I, there's an egregious example of this in another series. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Hannibal Rising, a movie that nobody wanted to see. We didn't need. 
and it was just total shit. And may that gentleman rest in peace. He's the first actor who plays, who played Hannibal Lecter. That has he's he's no longer with us. Oh, ironically, oh, wow. also the yeah he died uh, not long ago. Ironically, the youngest person I think yeah that played Hannibal Lecter. Oh wow, that's sad. Mm. <laughs> it does it all over. Yeah, the movie's garbage. But, straight garbage there's others there's others out there but for some reason that one popped into my <laughs> mind horror and shit even with indiana jones to mention another uh because george lucas is always obsessed with prequels with uh what's that second one called uh, temple of doom, temple of doom. Oh, even that one some of the characterization with indiana jones doesn't really feel like it fits with uh Raiders of the lost ark well no even going back Oh, go ahead. Well, well because Sorry. he because he's an adventurer in Temple of Doom, he's an adventurer. He's you know fortune and glory, fortune and glory. It's what he would tell uh, Shortstack. Yeah. Um, sure. By the time, Short by the time, Shortstop, 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 whatever his name is. Guy who won Best Actor this year at the Oscars. But by by the time Temple of Doom, he's he's a college professor. I mean, he's moved up. He's you know he's got a little bit more morals to him. So when we see him in Temple of Doom, he's more of a a rough kind of kind of guy um han solo type and he's also like oh i don't believe in any of the, i don't believe in the supernatural then he learns about it then raises the lost ark i still don't believe in the supernatural yeah those, those prequels i just yeah <laughs> how much shit you have to see indy come on <laughs> exactly <laughs> just wait till you can watch the young indiana jones chronicles now available on disney plus oh wow is, is it? it oh man as far as the prequel trap that you guys are talking about on 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 solo uh I'm kind of in the middle about it as it pertains to this movie because there were certain there are certain things I would expect as far as those connect the connective tissue. I, you know, introducing the Falcon or, or their relationship, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. That makes sense to me. But then, yes, there are they they crammed in too much though of of the weird connective stuff, mm-hmm. and um and it's it's virtually all crammed into this one movie um every little bit and mm-hmm. and that it, it does go too far with the little ones um like uh his gun uh yeah beckett just making his gun his iconic gun on the fly yeah that's very unnecessary or the the chewy nickname thing chewbacca i can't say that all the time i need to give you a nickname like we didn't need those little moments yeah <laughs> i don't know how i don't know how that's difficult to say or the or the dice that hung on and the then um but then I don't know. It, and it, now, what do y'all think about this particular one? Because on the one hand, you don't need it, but on the other hand, it was subtly done to where people wouldn't notice unless there are more hardcore fans. And that's like the the final face off with uh, Han and oh yeah and mm. Beckett, um, because Beckett's been trying to like pound all these these rules and doctrine into his mind because he is like his mentor figure. And he finally takes something to heart, and he shoots first. And we all know about the iconic scene in um, in A New Hope. But it it's it doesn't call that much attention to itself, so it could just fly over people's heads. And a lot of times, I th- those are the best kinds of uh, yeah um, connections to have. The ones that aren't as in your face as all the other ones. So yeah, I'm kind of like on the fence because that that is that well done. Yeah, that feels more like character development. He's finally learned, mm. yeah, not to trust these folks, and yeah, become the Han the Han Solo that we know later on, the guy who does shoot first at the George Lucas uh, abomination in that special edition. There, mm. it did feel like they were kind of uh, 
being a little bitchy about that with that moment to him. Like this is who the true Han Solo is. Oh, you speaking of uh, movies that suffer from prequel issues, and it just occurred to me was the, uh, the Ridley Scott Alien series. Oh boy, I I, I feel like Ooh, that did not I'm... did not need Steve. <laughs> I don't need to be. I don't need to someone explain to me how aliens were created or where they came from or Steve. What? Yeah. It's about creating life. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's a different conversation, but I also think that's another mixed bag. Correct. Because because there are things that are, I like and are interesting to think about, and then yeah, there's the other side of unnecessariness or uh, or other weird connections that don't even need to exist. Other yeah, than... potentially a, a series to do after Star Wars. I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> Let's <laughs> on the record, he said that, not me. <laughs> But I think uh, one of the strong suits in this movie is is not only uh, whoever you, whoever you say his name, Elden uh, something, <laughs> some name, guy from Hail or Caesar. Guy. Yeah, I think he. I, I I remember when I was seeing him in the trailers because I'd seen Hail Hail Caesar and I liked him in it, but seeing him in the trailers, I was like, oh no, is he gonna be doing like a caricature of Harrison Ford the whole movie, like an impression? But I feel like he, really he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He he does his own thing and he's good at it. Um, yeah. I I I think this may have ended his career. Uh, I don't. He he's he's probably been in something since then, but I don't know what it is. And he certainly isn't. You know, I he I I thought beforehand that he was. Um, what's that? The guy the guy from Kingsman. Oh, Taron Ed- Edgerton, maybe or yeah, I got him confused with that, but it's not. <laughs> this, this is not Taron Edger, whatever. Well, he has two interesting things on his most recent filmography, um, like his most recent release. He hasn't done much post solo. Actually, he hasn't done anything until this year, twenty twenty three, post solo. Well, he was in Cocaine Bear. There's oh. that. Oh, really? Huh. But something that potentially could put him back on the map. He's going to be an Oppenheimer, so oh. remains to be seen. You know, he could have a small role, but who knows? We'll that movie has everybody cast in it. Oh, okay, that's cool. But we'll see. We'll see what happens from the maker of the Dark Knight. I think he went to TV though, because I'm pretty sure he was in that uh, strange new or, or uh, was it Brave New World? Brave New World. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in that show. Yeah, he just did that and. Yeah, that's the only TV he's done post-solo, except for Ironheart that hasn't been released yet. Okay. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, I think he. I think he's immediately charming in this. I think uh, Kira uh, comes across well with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's that actress again? What's her name? Sarah Connor. Amelia. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Ah, uh, she. I mean, she was good in Game of Thrones. Pretty much everything else I've seen her in, I think she's fairly flat. I don't know if. I don't know what's going on with her in these these bigger movies, but but I think she's charming with him for the most part. I've got a question. I re- it's about a month ago. Uh, some stuff was coming up in my feed about Amelia Clark, how she would not return to Star Wars because of some sexual harassment issue she's experienced on Solo. I've never heard that. Oh no. Yeah, and uh, but I was just gonna ask anybody else. I didn't read it. I was just. I've never seen that. Theory. I've never heard that. I've only ever heard the opposite. I've seen her in multiple interviews saying that she, she she hasn't heard anything, but she would she would come back in a second if she got that call. I've interesting I've seen her say that many times. Okay, well, never mind. Yeah, I can't comment. I definitely yeah, I haven't seen that either. 
but and I also quite like the rest of the the crew that we get up front with Beckett's gang. It's almost too bad that we lose them so quickly after uh, mm. that train heist because I think that they had a lot of good chemistry. All that group. Really? Yeah. Like the the, the character Val, who's his girlfriend. Um, she dies pretty early on. Did not see that coming. I didn't care for. Her. She wasn't likable. Um, when she died, I didn't care. Oh really? Oh, maybe I just got yeah. a thing for Thandie Newton, but I, I I thought she was working here. <laughs> I was shocked how brief her role was and how quickly they dispatched of her. Um, also because, let me just say, like this movie, it doesn't it doesn't really chart on the woke scale. Like there's not too many, there's, right. there's virtually none. But just seeing her cast and seeing her in the movie, that was like that was half a woke point. But oh, come on, counterpoint. That being why? Hold on, no, no, just no, no. Because prior to ever seeing the movie, and, and this would apply to anything, not just Solo, but prior to seeing the movie, that is something that that would jump out as potentially a woke element. But then hear me out. Empire Strikes Back. Counterpoint though. I I don't know. All right, Empire Strikes Back's then woke. All right. Okay. No, that's no, it's a different era. Different era. I'm talking about modern times. Oh come on. <laughs> oh, it makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. The casting of uh, is that she's a woman or that she's black or no the era the, the era of the casting um that she co- she comes across as black or like non-white nondescript. What does that even mean? I don't know. What? What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? What does that mean? So that just makes it woke. I don't just on its face. That's how is she? Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, I, I'm at a loss for words. There's no way. To, there's no no no. It, to say it doesn't is to countervail everything that's been going on with the culture of cinema for the last seven to ten years according to some folks i, I no i'm no I'm, I'm not i'm not giving an opinion i'm just reporting what is but even still like you know uh, you know eric i'm actually on the same page as you a lot of times about this issue but i don't see it here i don't get it hold on i haven't even finished my point yet <laughs> that's the crazy okay, part okay, all that's right, the relax. crazy part okay all right oh my that's the crazy part order i will have order okay finish here please no I, again all i was doing was reporting facts and what is uh, i mean in my preamble no it is there's no way to say it isn't yes tanny newton's black that's kind of obvious no there's no way to say it isn't when if you look at casting overall for the last 10 years and like like messages that people who cast certain roles are intentionally trying to send out and then the reactions that different camps have to those messages that is none of that is accidental none of that is just oh no we didn't even think about that no many conferences and meetings behind the scenes discussions all 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 by design what was the point you were you were trying to get to there my point was that going into the movie that was like perhaps the only detectable like wokeness like, this is before even seeing the movie and knowing you know what happens that, that's the only there's not much else there's it's kind of that but counterpoint as i said earlier if she was the token woke character there's no way she would get killed off after 10 minutes of screen time so it in fact doesn't play that way at all once you see the movie but i'm just saying that's the only thing that one could detect going in but that gets completely nullified because, because under the 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 unwritten woke doctrine, you would never kill like that character like the way they did. So then, that like kind of subverted my expectations of what I usually see in other films this day, of, of this day, 
And so that was just kind of like, whoa, that, that really got me. And maybe they were trying to play on some people's expectations. I don't know. But very unexpected. Now, I would think that they were just pulling on the, the old school Hollywood method of, oh, we have a pivotal minor character. Let's bring in an established actor who can bring some gravitas. And, and also uh, maybe subvert the audience, like you're saying, by having someone who's a bigger name that you wouldn't expect to be killed off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was part of it, too. Absolutely. I very much got me by surprise, but a pleasant surprise. Um, Even though I would have liked to see her at the movie more at the same time. Going back to your point, Caleb, I don't think she would be that. I think there's two people in this movie that I can't stand. Um, and I think they're mm. that, uh, Donald Glover and Woody Harrelson. Um, wow. I, oh, that's surprising. I've mm. never liked Woody Harrelson. Um, and I think that's because I saw Natural Born Killers. Um, for for some reason, it's, it's kind of like my mom has this example where Tony Curtis played the Boston Strangler. And then after that, she couldn't see him as anything except the Boston Strangler. That's how I am with Woody Harrelson. I just, I just ugh, he just makes my skin crawl. The same with uh, Michael Rooker. Um, oh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> yeah, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. That movie ruined him for me. Uh, it's ditto with that. Yeah, even worse than Woody Harrelson, actually. Yeah. He's, he's, how could you not like Donald Glover, though? What, what did he do? I know, I know. What did he do? Yeah. <laughs> it's because I'm not a fan of community. Oh, and community I, is... Huh. I was sure you were going to say it was woke. I was positive. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. This is, no, I, for obvious reasons, they had to have a black actor play Lando, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, Hold no. on, let me run that through my fact checker. Yeah, uh, but I, it's like there's this attitude about him. It's like, oh, he's so great. He's so cool. La, la, la. And then again, what did he do recently that I really liked? There was something that he wrote. An album. I know he has that 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 series that uh, people love him for. Not community. Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, I was on a podcast about it. Good dear it. It's one word. Starts with S. Sway. Smash. No, it's swarm. Swarm. Oh, that's okay. it. Mm. Yes, uh, that was pretty good. But he's not in it. Uh, and again, all I can picture is just his smug fucking self that was on Community. Never got that show. I don't know. I thought he was smug on Community. I thought everybody was smug on that show. I thought everybody was smug because somebody was like, "I watch Community and I yeah. get it, and you don't because you don't watch it." Oh and no. Well, I feel like yes, that that's true. On the later seasons, the first few, the beginning of the show was good, but the later seasons, everybody came in pretty much the insufferable for me. So it's like imprinted on my mind, this negative stuff about Donald Glover, and I can't ever look at him the same way again. Wow. I like the what Sean just said, just like reverse it, and that's how I generally feel about Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, and I barely know this guy. I've, I've seen him pop up in a couple of random things here or there, and I didn't even realize that he was the same person as Childish Gambino. Uh, for whatever reason, even though I'd seen them both, I just did not connect them. I think that's cool that that happens to a lot of people. Uh, yeah. With him. yeah, and I think his music's kind of cool. It's not really my taste, but it's, it's kind of cool. I will say, um, when I was worried about uh, this actor playing Han, that he was going to do more of an impression, and I didn't really get that, I feel like I do slightly get that with Danny Glover. Like, it does feel a little bit more... Wait, Danny Glover? 
Donald. Ah, uh, Donald. God damn it, <laughs> Donald Glover. <laughs> not of related, by the way. Not related. Not related. Yeah, he, he's doing. Yeah, I think he's doing more of an affectation. Yeah, um, I still think it works. I still think it's charming, and the character himself has a lot of charm. So just doing an impression can still win me over. But no, I thought it was cool. It, it was one of the first because um, now there's been more like fan casting in Star Wars where, like, you know, he already wanted to do it. Many people like fans put it out there before it was ever a real official thing and it's just one of those things that came true similar to the ahsoka casting um and me already being a fan of, of donald glover prior to all of this oh yeah no. it was great it was great um is he as good as is uh, alden in the movie no not at all um but still very welcome and supposedly they say disney the Lando series has not been officially killed yet. Yeah, and that's that's positive. I I'd be happy to see that. Okay. See, I totally disagree. I think Donald Glover was a better Lando than Alden was a Han Solo. Well, hmm. that sounds like a certain point of view kind of situation. <laughs> well, yeah, and an opinion. Okay, Obi Wan. Because 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 if you're saying that he more embodied the original Lando, then perhaps so. Because like me and Caleb said, he is doing more a Billy D. Williams slash lando reprisal whereas alden isn't as much so it by that metric i think you'd be correct but just overall performance i would give it to alden every day of the week yeah see when i was watching donald in this role i thought okay i i see a young lando with alden i like okay mm -hmm. this is somebody who's supposed to be a young han but it's not quite convincing there's there's still something off that's how I felt the first time I watched the movie about Alden. But every time I watch it more, and I had never seen him in other things before this movie, but now I have. And I'm just a big fan of his in general, and I think he's incredible. Um, and, and so late now that years have passed, I've changed my mind where I think he did the role right, and I could totally see him portraying Han Solo like in many more adventures, and I, and I would totally be there for it. Yeah, and I think it's intentional that he's not really fully supposed to feel like the old Han because he hasn't quite created that character yet. Because the Han persona, I mean, it, they, they kind of displayed in this movie, and you can kind of feel in the original trilogy. It's a bit of a put-on, his, uh, his kind of tough guy act. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not necessarily the real mm -hmm. guy underneath. Mm -hmm. So this movie is kind of him learning how to create that image. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I agree 100% with that. And, and they gave him part of the Harrison Ford scar on on the chin but not oh, the yeah. entire scar so because they just put a little bit of it it made me think it was going to be yet another like direct prequel reference like at some point in the movie but it, no it doesn't happen I don't know what but they complete the scar yeah it's talking about Harrison Ford's uh, chin scar yeah I noticed that too yeah, they put that on him which Harrison Ford has ha always had, and they actually did that in the little prequel segment of uh, Last Crusade is when uh, he whips himself. Yes. <laughs> it's like supposedly the origin of his scar. Um, oh, and I thought they were going to do that in this movie too, but mm. thankfully they didn't. Oh my god, I didn't, I didn't realize it. That's right. The guy snaps the whip and he gets cut on his chin. I've seen yeah. that movie 200 <laughs> times. It never occurred to me until now. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> River Phoenix. Yeah. Right. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, they they were gonna cast him for this film, but he was unavailable. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> wow. They could have gone for Joaquin, I guess. I've said that joke a million times. I can't believe it's so stupid. Uh, 
But I was going to say with, with Lando, I do think that the two of them together have great chemistry. And if they make the Lando show, I hope that they get all of them back because I think that they're really charming. My only knock on Donald Glover is that it's apparent to me uh, throughout the movie that he has a combination of like risers on his tennies um, or uh, at other times he's like standing on a box. Oh. Because unfortunately he is really short in, in real life. And so they have to compensate. And I can tell that he kind of looks like a short guy on stilts in certain <laughs> scenes. For a minute, I thought you weren't speaking English. I was like, risers on his tennies. When you said risers on his tennies, I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, me too. <laughs> like a little prince, a little a little prince syndrome. little prince syndrome. Do you mean like he's like... like prince the singer? Or? Yeah, prince the singer. The one okay. from Michigan. The, okay, okay. <laughs> the one from Michigan. That's what he's famous for. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he, he always you cannot find a... Prince without heels. All right. Like, uh, I'll go to the Goodwill. I can find one with heels, maybe. I, without there heels. You, go, so, you know. know. I can track down a couple queens with, in heels, but. <laughs> 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 oh, but I, I forgot to mention we were talking about things that they're kind of calling back to or setting up. What'd you guys think about the I hate you, I know uh, bit there at the end with Han and Lando as a little reprieve for the. Uh, I love you, I know. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't actually noticed that until when I was watching it three weeks ago. And mm, I, I guess it's good that I hadn't noticed it until then, because, yeah, that's a bit much. So, yeah, when yeah. The Empire Strikes Back came out in, what was it, 1981? 80. 1980, forgive me. Uh, that was, it was pretty funny then. You thought mm-hmm. it was funny? <laughs> No, it's an old, tired joke. It's like, okay, stop. Everybody stop quoting this. Stop it. You don't have to virtue signal to everybody that you love each Yeah, I, I Just stop it, fandom. Stop. Yeah, fan signal. Uh, Didn't like it. Not a fan. Yeah, I didn't love that either. I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses. And maybe the castings just thought it'd be cute. It's kind of like kisses to the franchise, but no, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's no. Wait, was the weakness in Empire or weakness in Solo? So in Solo, solo. Oh. it was okay in Empire, yeah. but like I know a couple that. Oh, you know, I was getting conf- I got confused. I thought you were saying that. I know Empire. this couple. They're in for it, or they moved away from Austin. But I used to go over to their house, or no, we used to go to a mutual friend's house and play games. They are all in it. Like holy shit. And they would say, I love you, Hammy. I know. It's like, I know what you guys are doing and I hate it. Stop it. Oh, Stop no. it. Everybody knows it. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like if you know someone named John and he walks in the room and you go, here's Johnny. Stop it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it references something else. Oh, no. You're smart. You know all about it. Grumpy cat. I was watching a Gen Z. I was watching a Gen Z first time reaction to Empire uh, a few months ago. And and it got to that iconic scene. But to, to this girl, it's not iconic. You know, she's watching it for the first time. She doesn't know anything about Star Wars. And so that, that, that scene happened. And she said, oh, my God. Why won't he say the words back to her? Like she was, she was very distraught. You know what? You know there are some things to get distraught about. <laughs> she, she just, she just professes her love to him, and then he just says, "I know." I don't know. It was, it was, it was nice. I love first time reactions. Okay. All right. I'm just oh, fucking zoomers, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's like it's a fucking movie, you know. Well, uh, 
for a little bit of a push away from yeah this topic here. Oh please, I will say. Oh, wait, uh, wait, wait, can we? Can we? Can, wait, there's oh, one other sure. thing I want. I think it's important we should bring up. Uh, sure. At least, yes, Lieutenant. Characters, thank there you. you. Go. <laughs> uh, with Lando and and Han. Uh, so the mispronunciation of his name. Oh uh, yeah. So Billy D. Williams. I I can't remember if he said Han or Han. Han, old buddy. Yeah. yeah, he said it differently than everybody else in the film series, and so they kind of. I thought it was. I liked that they kind of covered that. 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 Uh, oh. Well, I don't think it was just Billy D. Like I want to say, even just in A New Hope, just in that one movie, they say his name both ways. As well, it's like uh, Leia gets Leah every now and again. Oh yeah, that too. And she yeah. gets gets a British accent every so often. But um, no, I I just thought it was funny that that uh, Donald Glover was you know they they played that into this. Yeah, movie. that one that yeah. that nod made me chuckle. I think. Yeah, I liked it. It almost felt like he was doing it on purpose to like knock this guy. Yeah, down he was teasing him. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they were doing. Yes, yeah. yes, hundred percent. Yeah, so I thought that was cute. Yeah, again, lots of good chemistry there. I, I really hope that if they do make that Lando series, Lando will show or Han will show up for at least one episode. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Lando will be in one episode. Yeah, they're going to do it without Donald Glover. <laughs> I don't know. He'll have a cameo in his own series. It's just like uh, poor uh, Boba Fett. Oh, he was relegated yeah, for two episodes. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I saw the interview recently of Donald Glover um, being asked about you know playing the role and and he got to meet like Billy D. Williams like for like a couple of hours on like one particular. Like, he'd already been working on the movie. He still hadn't ever met Billy D. And he got to meet him for like two hours in person. Mm. And he said he like had all these questions he wanted to like get into his head about playing the role back in the eighties. But Billy D. He didn't offer anything like that. He didn't want to talk about any any of that. He didn't offer any words of wisdom other than just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> For real, he's not Lando Calrissian. He's not, you know, it's not yeah, like, exactly. you know, uh, 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 I'm playing, um, I don't know, I, I'm playing Bill Clinton in a movie. You know, I really need to talk to Bill Clinton. It's not like that. It's a fucking fictional character. And Billy D. Williams is like, sure, I'll do that for a dollar. You know, it's, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I bet you they took a picture, didn't they? I bet you they took a picture of Billy D. Sure Williams and... Yeah. And clever not together, not? and then everybody posted it on their on their Facebook page. Look at this; they're together. Oh <laughs> come on! This is like a grumpy cat podcast. This is really because Sean hates hip hop music. Whoa, no, it's whoa, nothing whoa, to do with that. <laughs> and, and I have never told you whether or not I hate hip hop music. Sean watched that music video. Um, this is America, and he was like, "Never again." I don't know what that is. There you go. A good song. It's, it's, it's an iconic Childish Gambino uh, music video. Okay. Sean only remembers Salt and Pepper. Or Salt, salt and Pepper. Pepper. Yeah, there salt you go. Salt and Pepper. Pepper. I don't even know who that is. I always assumed Billy D got paid. They bought his lunch, and, and that was that was like, yeah, I'll show him. Yeah. He hasn't had, had a role. And... Damn. Not since Batman 89. Outside outside of Comic Cons, this is. <laughs> no, uh, he was on Modern Family for one episode. I remember that. Who's that, Billy D. Williams? Yeah. yeah, he uh, he was in Batman '89. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he played. Um... Yeah, in '89. <laughs> <laughs> he had a main job. They didn't bring him back for uh, Batman. Yeah. Forever. Very unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Very unfortunate. They recast him as white. Talk about woke back in the day. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He played uh, Two Face, Harvey Dent, right? Yeah. 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 Tommy Lee Jones took his part. Yeah. But to be fair, they get mistaken in public a lot. 
<laughs> oh, but Isaac, I'm curious. It's I don't the think the Lee and the D. Those get mixed up. <laughs> I don't think you commented on uh, either the the Han Solo or the Lando. I don't think you jumped in for there. So, what do you think about uh, no, those guys? Uh, the two chemistry. Uh, they, they, well, all the stuff that we covered in the past half an hour. Yeah, what, what are your oh, yeah, respond to it all? Uh, Eric stole my bit <laughs> where I was like, you know what they didn't. So this movie's like, I think I forget who it was that said that this probably was like made by committee and they just slapped the Kasdan's name on it. Probably not. Obviously, the Kasdan's no. had like you know a plot that was hopefully. Do you think this is plot driven, Caleb, or, or character driven? No, I think it's a solid mix of both. Okay, um, and so you know we have the greatest hits. Like this is, a, this is instead of like getting a, a good album that is you know has thirteen tracks or whatever, and you're getting a really good like you're having a good time listening to it. Instead, you're getting the greatest hits because you have to have everything in here in a condensed version because everybody likes the hits. It's what you know made them famous, right? Um, so yeah, Eric stole my bit with the chin thing because we didn't see like his chin scar where that originated from, but. <laughs> Uh, I think I gotta again go back and uh, be a little bit mea culpa to myself. I I said that John Favreau's character was ugly, uh, the the pilot in the beginning. Uh, in the <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, I'm I'm completely incorrect. His his model looks fine. It looks finished. It looks poly- it's I'm I'm sorry. Oh, you meant ugly in CGI yeah. terms? Yeah, no, no, yeah. It looks. I was that was me being pretty angry, and uh, again, I have to apologize for myself and uh, make amends as I as I normally do. But uh, as for the chemistry, I didn't really. I think the you know what get more I I'd like more I think I think more if they did excuse me if there was more uh, done with Lando and and like he almost did a buddy cop thing if this was a Shane Black movie if you weren't canceled mm. uh, <laughs> I think it would probably be uh, a good film something like that you could pr- I could probably see that I'd like to see that so if they did do a Lando Calrissian series I really hope they and if Han Solo was in there for uh, as a, a minor character or you know guest character uh, absolutely bring that up and and kind of like you know see the camaraderie between the two. Because mostly all we got was like them, you know, playing cards together, and, and then like them going to the spice mines. I guess bonding over piloting, and that's about it. So I think you know yeah. it was it was there, but I think there could be more. But obviously, then we have this movie to contend with, so I think it's serviceable. Yeah, and I, I quite like that poker scene. I think not just their Sabak, chemistry, Sabak. 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 <laughs> not just their chemistry, but I like all the creativity of the aliens around. You now they kind of play mm-hmm. with them. Wait, what's this? What? What? Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> uh, the Sabak part of the creativity of the aliens, or there we go. So I, I ha- we have it on record that Caleb is uh, not a fan of the the Disney era aliens. He's not a fan of the uh, aliens that have been drummed up or thought up in during the Disney era of Star Wars. <laughs> and he's finally saying that this time they got it right. Why is that, sir? Uh-oh. I think I always Uh-oh. praise this one. It was yeah, the <laughs> okay. other one. Yes. Where'd you go to law school, Isaac? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm getting uh, trapped what, are we in a keeping corner. transcripts at home? <laughs> no, it's just uh, it's it's things that like it's it's certain things that Caleb says that like stick in my mind, and I remember like <laughs> he's keeping a record, yeah. Especially when we get to Rogue One, there's a lot of alien species, and I remember him uh, vocally state, "Well, I know even just that." Also in Force Awakens, uh, they also had a lot of aliens in that, and he was not impressed by it, so that that stuck out as me. I'm like. But then this one is the first one where he's like, yeah, I, I, I enjoy the alien designs here. Well, if you're going to push me into a corner, I will admit that there's two of them that I don't like. It's the big guy with the one eye. I think that that mm. one just kind of weird. It doesn't really feel like a real character. It just feels like it's part of the background. And then whatever that dude is with his head in the, the space uh, uh, helmet, I don't really love that dude either. But the other ones I think are cool. 
uh, the guy with the bunch of eyes. So I guess oh, that that one's from uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one in Return of the Jedi was named Reyes. Why do oh, I know this? Because yeah. I had the action figure. Nice. Hung out in Jabba's palace. And uh, one of my favorite aliens that we see is Clint Howard. You know, he's dressed just like himself, but he kind of looks like <laughs> an alien. So. That's right. That's who that is. Oh, my God. It's the ice cream man. Of course. Yeah. He's in, like, every single one of Ron Howard's movies. Yeah, it's a weird yeah. coincidence that uh, Lord Miller and, and co uh, cast him before Ron <laughs> Howard came on board. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely right. Wow. Wow. I don't think he made an appearance in A Beautiful Mind, though, but yeah wow interesting yeah i saw that guy and i thought he was somebody else because i like recognized him i'm like oh that's that guy from Newhart and um uh what the fuck is that name of that cowboy show on showtime that was really good with timothy oliphant oh justified and um deadwood deadwood yeah that guy from deadwood. hbo or was it showtime I don't remember. It's, I think I feel like Justified was Showtime. Yeah, Deadwood was HBO. I think, but but yeah, me and Isaac just saw Clint Howard when he was much younger in uh, Rock and Roll High School. Roger Corman flick. We watched that like two weeks ago. Holy cow! Yeah, wow. One of the only times we got to play a major or one of the major roles. Usually he's just yeah, bit cameos like this. But I'm always happy to see him. And before that, we saw him in House of the Dead. <laughs> Gentle Ben. <laughs> He was in that? Oh he was a little God. boy. Wow. Huh. A cute little boy. He was never cute. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, I've seen him in Star Trek back in the day. Oh, boy. He was he was cute. Just his teeth. Even his, uh, his baby teeth were a little bit wrong, too. <laughs> they didn't need to put makeup on him. He looked like an alien already. You guys haven't seen the ice cream man? Come on. I've seen the ice cream man, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he did he star in Leprechaun? No, that's uh, Warwick Davis. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> <laughs> but was he in Leprechaun? It wouldn't surprise me if he was. Yes, I believe he was in Leprechaun too. Actually, I think okay. he was yeah. in this he class. He was a Leprechaun. <laughs> no makeup. He just looked like him, yeah. I got him confused. Oh, there, I see yeah. what you're doing, Steve. That's that's <laughs> really mean. That's mean. What? Hey, I've been I've been insulting him this whole time. I It's forgivable, Steve. <laughs> I've said worse. Can we talk about the woke element of this movie? <laughs> yeah, let's get back to Fanny Newton. Yeah. God no, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge as L three thirty seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking with somebody else, but yeah. No, I mean the whole like droid rights and stuff. Yeah, and again, I've been pushing for that ever since I was a kid. I it <laughs> right. never made sense to me how they treat the droids in this universe. And she's. Lando's lover and what else was it? There's a new episode of Mandalorian I don't think you've seen yet that is all about that subject. Really? Yeah, it's true. Because I I think that she has a point based on everything that we've seen in the Star Wars. Because some droids like CP3PO and R2D2, they're smart as a whip. Yeah. You know, but they're made the same as all the other droids, and you know, so we're supposed to humanize them, which is fine. That works. But then they treat the other droids like garbage. Like in this movie at the very beginning, there's a droid. He's got about, it's got about three seconds of screen time before it's mowed over by a vehicle and nothing's <laughs> yeah. left. It's like, guys, okay, so how are we going to treat our droids? What's going on here? And I think they flip-flop that. They do. Uh, among yeah. the movies. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It depends on the movie, you know. 
so are you pro droid or you know no droid no but honestly that one episode of mandalorian uh this year it delves more into that topic than anything ever has in, in star wars i'm glad to, i'm glad to hear that and i wish that i still was able to piggyback off my cousin's disney plus account <laughs> now but spoiler, uh, it's considered the worst episode of mandalorian overall but don't let that shade your opinion or you can't do that yeah and i'll say even though I was very excited in the theater to see them finally tackling this, I think this was the first time in the movies that they've addressed it. Yeah, they don't do it the best. Uh, it, it feels like it's actually more for comedy relief than anything. I feel like we're almost supposed to be mocking this droid. Do you think? It, yes! We, kind of. Really? Steve, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Agree with what? I mean, it's a silly concept, but... No, but I think it's, it is meant to induce like some laughter and chuckling in the audience the way it's deployed yeah now three is played as such like a laughable like kind of weirdo i think we're supposed to be like oh i don't think she was meant to be that yeah i think she is but i don't think that was the intent of the character you don't think she was comedy relief in the movie to a certain degree but i think the whole like droid rights and you know i i feel like that was intentional to kind of make a point well, I think part of that is intentional to her character, like to say that she's very strong and independent because, again, she's the personification of the Millennium Falcon we'll know in the future. So yeah. that's probably by design. But just her affectation and, and yeah, you know, that's comedy relief. I really do think it was meant for laughs. And in a way, I, I feel that oh, it was kind of cringy because we all know people that are like that. And usually they have a clipboard, cropped hair, glasses at the Pride Parade. Sir, you can't park there. Please go in line over there. Oh, here we go. Sean's personal experiences. But it's this is the same person. This is the, this is the same person who wrote the last James Bond film, basically saying that you know Bond is not going to be like a, a womanizing. You know that's that's old fashioned, and we're going to update him. Yeah, we're going to have to take that part where he sleeps with that like yeah. She's kind of known for her, I guess, her feminist views, mm -hmm. and so when they cast her in this role, it's kind of like, okay, I don't, I think it's a little bit more than a comedy, or uh, um, for comedic effect. I'm sorry, who was the actress that played her? Phoebe Waller Bridge. Okay, that's what makes it extra strange. Yeah, is because it does feel like that, like they're making fun of those people. A little bit here in this role it, maybe it's like a loving making fun maybe but it does feel i mean her her own undoing is her just being so caught up in her revolution that she can't even see her own demise coming her way and and yeah she kind of fucked up their whole plan with yeah her. it seems self-deprecating you know in terms of like this you know the, the casting yeah. but i had no idea she's the same person in the new indiana jones movie yep yeah that's where she got her star with lucasfilm oh hmm the new one is in the one coming out next month. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And 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 when you read the reviews, like from Ver uh, Variety and uh, uh, Hollywood Reporter, I mean, they're like slamming that she's just horrible in this or in the the new Indiana Jones film. She's just written so poorly, and she's kind of known for her writing, but whatever. I, I don't know. I don't care. I'll 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 see it anyway. I'll pay my however many dollars it is, and I'll see it. I don't care. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. The anti-woke crowd are out in full force against that movie with her. I think they've got a real issue with her in general. So. No, no, no. No, the anti-wokes, the anti-wokes, certainly. But I'm surprised by the 
liberal media how much of it was was against the movie and her as well. Yeah, Caleb, I'm talking about I'm talking about Variety and Hollywood Reporter. They're the most liberal. Yeah, that's what that's what's really shocking to me. I'm t- they're the, even the BBC like criticizes her in this film or in the Indian. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, the, the left. Who does she play in the movie? She's playing Cap Kate Capshaw's daughter. Really? No, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. No, 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 but but she is playing like this, like his new companion. The supposed like the the yeah, but more than that, almost as if she's the pseudo successor, just like Shia LaBeouf was in the previous. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, she's the successor to Indy. In but uh, I mean, supposedly, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I'm just going off the reviews again. A very left left-swinging media yes uh, that's very surprising to me and they don't like her yeah a lot of left-wing media. maybe she wasn't the right kind of leftist character in the movie i don't know i don't know i'm i have no idea i'm speculating yeah we will have to put a pin in that and discuss there it at a later time yeah maybe indy will come one day down the pike who knows but yeah i had no idea she was playing the droid because that droid because of its accent and 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 it's the way it's Persnickety, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, it's always reminded me of the uh, the weakest link bot in Bad Wolf. Oh wow! <laughs> so every time that. every time it speaks, I'm taken back to that scene in that Doctor Who episode. I hey. kind of agree with you. I I agree. It does remind me. Which, by the way, I always hated that robot. Me too. Because. Didn't didn't they have Ann Robinson do the voice of that robot? Just get Ann Robinson in there. <laughs> it's like better than the Ann Robinson robot. It's cheaper, probably. Yeah, anyway, don't get me started. Yeah, now that you mention it, this Lando is kind of like a 25th century kind of guy, just like uh, Captain <laughs> Jack. That's <laughs> true. You're right. John Barrowman yeah. should have played Lando. He should have. Color been. be damned. Yeah. Oh no, sir, we can't. He would have been the one harassing. All him. right, fine. We'll blackface him. Fine. <laughs> oh wow. Oh my god. <laughs> I was willing to let him be he's, white, but we'll blackface him. Probably oh. not kidding. I'm just gonna say he's probably not kidding. What Lando? Yeah. He, he's he's like omnisexual or something. There you go. In the movie or Pan or whatever. I get the words mixed up. What did you? Where did you get that? How do you know that? Did you miss it? Did you miss it in the movie? Apparently. Well, not only that, Donald Glover said it in an interview. He's pants Lando. Yeah. Okay, I don't care what Don. It doesn't matter what Donald Glover says. It's it, he, exactly. It's it's barely in the movie. They talk about having sex. Barely. Yeah, it's a quick. They talk about what they do. They call. It, they talk about it more than once. L three, L three, and Lando are fucking. No, they. Okay, okay, that's it's, right. It's in the movie because because because. Uh, uh, Kira, uh, Emily Clark's character is like, well, what's up with you two? Is that even possible? Okay. She's like, oh, okay. yes. And plus, I have my I have my recharge socket open. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, god damn it. He opens up my, uh, my oil uh, container and... Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure this was probably covered in space balls somewhere with uh, Dottie. Um, or Dot. There you <laughs> go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll do the sequel. Jo, uh, we'll have Don Rickles on for the sequel. He'll be her. no, they're both dead. He's still alive. Um, yeah. He'll be Mr. Potato Head. Oh, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, you're right. Uh, the way that you guys just said it is a little bit more lewd than how they do it in the movie. It's a little bit more subtle. Not by not by much. No, it's it's barely in this movie. They were they're really feeding into it in the. Like leading up to this, yeah, but like Sean said too, like the way he's grieving, like when she's taken out, and 
And, and plus, if they made it too obvious, the conservative Christians would get on that like bug spray go. and bow weevils. They wouldn't have bug anything. Spray. You know, they'd be like, <laughs> bug spray and weevils. Bug spray and bow weevils. Bow weevils. Maybe that's why this flopped. Maybe they did hear about it. Maybe there was tons of campaigns. We might have just missed it. Yeah, and they... like Strange World or uh, Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> and I knew yes. him. I knew him. I have a bunch of re- very religious people in my family, and they were all boycotting those two movies. Buzz Lightyear. Wait, oh. Buzz Lightyear? Oh, because there's a gay there's a gay thing in there. Well, isn't there? I you know what? Yeah, in Strange World. Well, Caleb, you know what? A lot of people boycotted it apparently because it bombed at the box office. Exactly. Both of them yeah. massive bombs. And they're both okay. Which one is Strange World? Yeah, exactly. You didn't hear of it. It came out. Yeah, like- Strange World. They didn't even they they released a direct to video. No, it came out to the theaters in my area. No, no, it came out to the theaters. Oh wait, wait, it came out in the theaters. It just bombed. I think I, don't, I yeah. think it didn't get past the. Uh, just had one week. Yeah, you guys are right. You guys are right. What is that? Christian boycotts. It yeah. was a Pixar film. So- shocking Pixar film. <gasps> oh no! Wait, I think it was is Disney. Is Disney? Yeah, Disney. I know. I know Pixar is Disney, but it, it was Disney, I believe. Swear to God. Yeah, yeah. Strange Worlds was was Pixar, and it didn't last a week. It, they took it out. I am so over all these fucking church people and their obsessions with who sucks whose dick. I don't think it's church people. I just think it's bad writing. It's. It, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. No, it, those movies are. Both those movies are solid. I think it's an excuse to say it's it's one side or the other. But when you look at it, who are seeing these films? Nobody on the right and nobody on the left. These are just bad. I saw both. They're, well, no one else did. I mean, these are just bad <laughs> movies. Yeah, I watched them on my Disney Plus, but there's no way I was going to go to the theater. They're, they're just bad movies. I mean, what? Do you, okay, Caleb, you saw it. I'll, I'll say this. I didn't. You did. Was it? Was it? Were they good films? They're both okay. Both of them had similar flaws. They both felt like they'd been way, like picked apart by a committee. But both of them had a lot of good science fiction ideas. They just I think Lightyear had some okayness in the movie, and Strange Worlds could have. It was kind of good on paper, but in execution, it, it to me felt very flat and derivative. I, th- I think I think the problem is Disney has this horrible writing. It, I don't think it's a left or right wing because you can have left ideas and right ideas, and both both sides of the, the aisle will go see it if it's a good story. And but they'll I, show up. They'll show up for any generic like Transformers crap. No, but no. Then they come out. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, maybe that they so, but yeah. Oh, Left Behind Seven is going to be at the theater. Let's go see. I don't think people. I don't think the right. I think Disney. I mean, it, it, we're going to go to another like funny uh, trail here, but I think people writing films today are a lot worse than what we had ten years ago. I think. I think movies are horrible. I I want to go back. I want. Uh... I, uh, no, I agree. I agree. No, I agree. I agree with Steve. No, Please. no, no. I agree with Steve. No, it depends. I mean, were you guys watching the the superhero movies coming out 10, 15 years ago? Like, yeah, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. No, that, that one. You know, uh, the the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are bad. Those are bad. But even the Star Wars prequels compared to these this movie here. I mean, that's. But um, Caleb, Disney is Disney is in such a financial stress right now. They have. I was watching uh, uh, some uh, like the legal team talk about it. They only have like I think they said six months of cash operator operation of oh, cash. Oh wow! That they're broke. Like their movies have been bad. They have not. There there have been no good movies for Disney. 
And, and I think it's the what you said earlier it was a, 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 a script written by a committee. I think that's the problem. And they're closing down their Star Wars thing. Yeah. Uh, which is very sad, which means I'm going to die without going to it someday. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that. Yeah. I just, I just you didn't know Disney, about that. <laughs> I don't pay attention. To I think Disney things. has horrible writers, and they've got. They've got a situation where you got too many. You have too many businessmen trying to write scripts and rewrite scripts and then reshoots. Re- I mean, Indiana Jones: Dial Destiny. What started in twenty eighteen? It's twenty twenty three. It had so many reshoots. It put it into the red. So far, I don't think it can get out of it. I, I just yeah. And this, this is partially Disney is a problem. And I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a problem for other studios. I have two words that can fix everything with Disney. Ron DeSantis. Uh, (laughs) That's something else completely. I don't... Just just by the way, because Steve mentioned early on about Kathleen Kennedy being a witch. That's one of the reasons I don't put all the blame on her with all this Star Wars stuff, is I feel like it's hard to... uh, Hard to exist in this Disney world. I mean, think about the fact that... True. Yeah, when this first started out, they wanted her pumping out one a year for these movies. And then people were surprised at the diminishing returns. I mean, what kind of work schedule is that? Yeah, but I don't think it was... I don't... I mean, it doesn't help things, the the rapid schedule. Because if they had been bangers of movies, it, it, they would have been made tons of money. Because there was like... Kevin Feige did it. Exactly. But because there was like flaws uh, in the writing of some of the movies and, and other things, then that's why they were incapable of doing an annual schedule. I think it could have been possible. It just it heightens the difficulty level, though. It had the right team behind it. I, yeah, I, I just don't think Kathleen Kennedy and her her writers are the best. I agree, I agree with you on that. Well, I would argue that Kevin Feige has not been the most successful with uh, multiple movies a year. I think many of those feel like they're written by committee too. Well, until recently, I I would say since I, I think he had a good record until yeah until yeah. I disagree. Again, I stopped watching after Captain America: The First Avenger because I thought most of those were bad. So I think that was even before things started getting super good. Mm-hmm. Exactly, I think it was bad to start, and they eventually found a good rhythm. But but yeah, this is way off from Solo. All this, and I, I feel like Isaac's gone too. Uh, he's like playing video games or something over there. No, 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 no. I'm just waiting my turn because I have nothing good to say, so I have to wait, you know, to say it. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Sorry. Okay, so that's fine. Uh, so I have a few things to say. Let's let's see. What was that first one? So to answer all your guys' questions. billion dollars. 4.05 billion dollars is how much Disney spent to get Lucasfilm. Oh wow! They need to see a return, a a return on their profits for these films, and that's why they, you know, they 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 rush these productions because they want profit. They 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 don't either. It's the committee, it's the CEO, it's all the investors. They they want their money back, which I guess that's that's fair in, in capitalism so like they they want to see their dollar come back so they'll put out you know whatever it is to sell merchandise obviously we saw that with the mandalorian show where as soon as like you know we saw baby yoda yeah. it's you know, the like look at like sales like went over the roof for everybody wants baby yoda merch like again the disney disney needs that dollar mm. well isaac remember this when season one first came out there was no merch. They were shocked. Disney was shocked yep. that that was going to do anything. It's like Frozen. And it took a year or more mm. for finally stuff for like Baby Yoda or whatever mm. it was being called at the time. Finally come out. Do you remember how much they were uh, 
pushing porgs. Porgs are everywhere for like a year. Then they were just no, gone. no, no, no. You know who? You know who it was? It was BB-8. I like, I like, they I like were porn. pushing that too. Uh, they were pushing. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, they were pushing BB-8 to be like the next. They were literally player. pushing it on set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's rolling around. Yeah. No, but what's crazy about the the Star Wars deal for four billion is that the first thing that they released Disney Star Wars Force Awakens um, worldwide box office was. 2.066 billion so back in 2015 they must have been thinking man we're, we're on track you know yeah. i know there's other hidden costs in, in films but still hey look we got half we got half back with the first go but yeah the diminishing returns uh on further movies it's pretty tragic but i think what did they say by the time the the, the, the rise of palpatine came out they, they had literally lost half of the the box office Oh wow! Half of the people saw Rise than they did Force Awakens. I mean, that's how many the drop off was. It was just people lost interest. Yeah. Now again, I think that's the story. It was just bad writing. How do you keep interest in putting these movies out every year? I mean, I think that that's just it's overload, oversaturation, uh, burnout. Like, look at the like you know go turn to video games. Like Call of Duty is still you know going to this day and same with like well Assassin's Creed they stopped thankfully but. Yeah, I'm not saying it's advisable. It's an advisable strategy. I'm just saying I could see a world where it could succeed, um, but but if you don't have the thing set up for all your other projects, like with good teams, and then you add in that quick release uh, schedule, then then you're you're obviously like setting yourself up for major disaster. Yeah, and people, uh, we were comparing a little bit earlier to the MCU. I don't think it fully is comparable because Star Wars has always felt. Like, it's always been stuck in the same mode. It's always following characters that we've seen previously. The world feels sure. distinctly Star Wars. Something like the MCU. We could have, you know, a, a Captain America movie in the 40s. Then right before that, a movie set, you know, in a future far away from us in uh, the Asgardian world. And Correct. Into the galaxy. that No one ever heard of them. Yeah. Correct, but conceivably... Let's read comics. I think Star Wars is going to continue to feel more different with more future projects. And, and I think it's it's going to be less monolithic as far as like tone, because we've already kind of seen that with, um, with Andor and to different degrees, like with this movie and, and the next one we're going to do in the series. Like no, I, that, that all that stuff is still stuck in the same. It's still the empire. It's still drawing those, Direct connections, 1977, Star Wars. Mm. It's just doing different flavor variations, but it's still the same material. No, I disagree. Um, and more in particular, yes, and and these two movies that are already released, but I think that's going to continue to expand with newer things that are yet to be released. Right. And the sequels, and Mandalorian, and Book of Boba Fett. Well, the, the, there's another TV series coming out, uh, Acolyte. That's going to be like a thousand years before... That's something. Not not acolyte. Acolytes acolytes not in a different time frame. They can't help themselves. Can yeah, you? it's like a thousand years before. Star no, Wars, like uh, the movies. Oh wait, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm getting my Star Wars shows mixed up. You're correct. I mean, there's only what of them? Eight of them? Eight of them? Yeah, like spread it out. I don't, I don't see a problem with that. It's, I mean, it's a big. It's a galaxy. Yeah, that's what I prefer. Yeah, instead of just constantly. Yeah. I mean, for this movie solo, I think they did a good job playing with material that we've seen or know about at least before yeah see like this one for the reason this is this, the reason this one is kind of like um breaking out a bit is because like look how little 
theories of, of stormtroopers and there's certainly nobody with the force there's certainly no big characters on the good or the light side i mean the light or the dark side mm-hmm. and that's what i'm talking about like this is this is breaking a lot of star wars boundaries but it's just the beginning i think of that type of thing but it's still the main you know it's set on the millennium falcon still it's following a character that we saw in that original movie that that's my my point of i at least in this point in the series up until uh, Solo, it didn't really feel like there was much new that could this series could do. It felt like they always had to constantly return to stuff that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And so that that's why I just feel like people... I mean, how could you not lose interest? It's feel like, okay, I've seen all this before. What, else, what new do you have with Star Wars? I feel like they're still trying to get that newness. But Caleb, you're not a, you're not a Star Wars fan, right? I, I mean, I wouldn't... He's not. ...label you. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, think, I think someone who's a Star Wars fan would love this and it's you know i i think if they like we want to see certain things there's certain things we want to see just like in star trek you've got to have a, a federation you've got to have yeah. transporters you've got to have klingons but i think solo works in both ways because i think it works for people who are already fans but also people who know next to nothing to star wars you could just watch solo anytime you want um, you know, i i think it's Perfectly serviceable is just a, a nice action sci-fi movie like the original Guardians. So it's as if 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 nobody and I have met like two people in my life uh, that wow. haven't seen a single Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> if you just show them Solo, they're... those guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, like they're like untainted, which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I I have to admit you're right because I am tainted, and this goes to my point because. Like, I grew up with this shit, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I saw the original Star Wars, you know, three times in the theater. I had all the goddamn figurines, not all of them. I had the Millennium Falcon. I uh, fig- action figures. figures. I'm sorry, figurines. sir. Sir, I'm dolls. sorry. I did not see you playing with your dolls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so far, it's particularly. I'm pretty uh, sure I acted out that same thing Darth Helmet did. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I didn't see it. Yes. Oh no! You I kiss you too. <laughs> I'd spend I'd spend like all day just setting them up, getting ready to play like to play oh. with them, which is just like a you know a fucking story in my head. What are they gonna do? I don't know. I'm all by myself. And then I'd at the end I'd be like, I'm tired of doing this. I'll just you know everything explodes. No more story. Um, but yeah, you know, for it's particularly men of a certain age, and that sounds sexist, but it is. Uh, it is men. Uh, in the age of three of us out of the five of us on this podcast, uh, this does have a nostalgia factor. And that may be one of the reasons that I enjoy it so much. Um, like I said, you see um, characters or you know alien species that pop up, like Reyes, the guy with the eight, eight eyes or whatever that's you know trying to cheat at poker. Is he Reyes pieces? Sorry. <laughs> Just ignore him. Just, just act like he's not here. Who? Just pretend, Steve. He's he's making stupid jokes. Who? I, yeah. Uh, oh, yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just only four of us here. I think me and I. Yeah. Wait, I didn't hear. I didn't hear the end of the point. Because yeah, I, I think it just. I was going to say something about. You were saying something about people who have no relation with Star Wars, and I wasn't sure how that ended. Oh no, no, it was more about I think that maybe I'm I'm biased because of my relationship with Star Wars growing up, even though I put childish things behind me 
a long time ago, except for shit like, you know, Doctor Who and collecting DVDs. You know, there's always going to be that nostalgia factor when you're watching something that's Star Wars for me. You know, it's always going to be like, um, like I, for instance, uh, everybody condemns the Tim Burton remake of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, uh, I don't have any problem with it at all. I, of course, I like the original better, but why do you have to hate it? I really like it. It brought me back to the original, you know, which is a movie that I loved dearly growing up. How do you uh, do you translate that with his Planet of the Apes too? Were you a fan of the original, and did you see it? the second one? I was never, I was never a fan of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. sure. I, I've seen the movies. Well, once. and then Grandpa Joe didn't have a coke nail in the new one. <laughs> oh, you know, oh you know what, guy? You know what? If you're not going to take it seriously, I'm just. Yeah, and I'll I'll say, uh, I mean, I think when the Force Awakens came out, I definitely had that nostalgia uh, reawakened. Oh yeah, uh, unintentional pun. <laughs> Because, yeah, I, I was a Star Wars fan as a kid. I had, for the original trilogy, and for the prequels, I had a, a fuck ton of toys. You know, I loved those movies. The prequels, by the time uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, I'd already fallen out of love with them. But, yeah, I feel like once you get to this point, I think this is the fourth one in a row. And, you know, I didn't know. I thought I thought you were much younger than we were. Uh, he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you, you had a fuck ton of toys from the original no, no. Well, no, the, they, they still... Yeah, because they would... From the early 2000s, Sean. Yeah, they revived the lines, yeah. Okay, I never put out new ones. He wasn't playing with all these vintage toys from the 80s. Yeah, I've got some of them. I've got some vintage ones, but... <laughs> for those I just been in pawn shops. But but by the time you get yeah. to this fourth movie in a row, Solo, now this is 2018, this is... I mean, how, how much nostalgia can you have after you've seen Star Wars reawakened every year in the theater? I guess um, I, it's just a point, and I, you know, I, I think that after the stuff that we've watched for this podcast, this one resonates with me the most because number yeah. one, it's better, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, uh, uh, number two, it, there's a lot more stuff in here that's very subtly done and classily, if that's a word, it's done very classily, like you know, it's not yeah. shoved down your throat. Like the stuff that we see in the three prequels. Yeah, really thoughtful writing in terms of trying to give a, a real story for this character. You know, mm-hmm. seeing an arc mm-hmm. for him. Not something like Anakin in those prequels where it just everything felt like it was just lazy by the numbers stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. Checking off boxes. Yeah. It's Yeah, they're they're really trying here. It's bad. Yeah. Well Same. Let me... it's like sand. Gets everywhere. I just have to say this at one point for the record. I've, I've done it maybe on one other podcast uh, as it pertains to this movie or something. One other podcast. Um, because just something weird that occurred to me. I, some of you heard me say this before. Some of you haven't. Something weird that occurred to me, I don't know if it was weeks or a couple months after I saw this movie the first time, was um, it dawned on me like weird similarities in the life of Han Solo, the fictional life of Han Solo. And... And the life of, of Barry Lyndon in the movie Barry Lyndon by, by Kubrick. Holy shit. And uh. I don't know who all in the room has seen uh, Barry Lyndon, but if you take the totality of Hansel's story... Eric's best movie of 1975, by the way. Yes, that's true. If you take the totality of, the, of Hansel's adventures on screen, 
from the original trilogy, the solo movie, and Force Awakens. Um, and you chart his life from youth to end. It is remarkably similar to the overall life of the character of Barry Lyndon in the movie. I, you are absolutely right. Interesting. Interesting. That is fascinating. You haven't heard this from me before, Caleb. So, so in Barry Lyndon, for those who haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time, he starts off in Ireland, which is basically Corellia, and he's like, he's he's living like in a like almost like an indentured. His family's like almost like indentured servitude in in Ireland, and he has he has a childhood love who gets stolen away from him. Um, he has like a duel with that guy. Um, and he thinks he kills him and he goes on the run, um, cause he's a wanted man and he, he's, he's very inept at being on his own. I mean, like trying to live on his own now. And so he just like signs up to join the military cause it's mm-hmm. like, there's nothing else to do. And he, and immediately he, like, it's not for him. He's not a military kind of guy. He hates it. He's a horrible soldier. And ultimately he like defects, um, uh, and actually, like, impersonates an officer. Um, and then he, after he gets out of the military, um, he gets taken, he goes under the wing of, like, a mentor who, like, teaches him about gambling and how to, like, swindle people. And he, like, learns from that guy uh, until eventually that guy's out of the picture. And then, fast forward, uh, Barry eventually marries, a, like, a princess, like, of the aristocracy. Um, and that's, like, the best part of his life for a moment of like when he had success. Um, but then eventually it's his son, but it's technically his stepson, his stepson, uh, when he grows up, um, like detests him. And then ultimately it goes down to a final duel between him and his son. Um, and, and, and he loses to his son. And if you follow, like I said, all the beats of Han Solo, and Lando and Beckett and his relationships hmm. and, and his joining the Empire and getting out and and gambling. Huh. It, it's it's all the same. Now, I thought maybe there was something in this, like more than just coincidence, because this movie, a lot of the major beats of the movie were kind of taken from the comic books and novels of the late 70s, early 80s. That were based like they were establishing Han Solo like in the fictional world, off screen. So some of the beats are taken from that material, and I was thinking guys who are writing those types of stories in the late seventies, early eighties, I would bet many of them had and were aware of like Barry Lyndon the movie. So you know it's it's a stretch, but maybe some of the guys who worked on those early works had that in the back of their mind maybe when they formed out some of his origin story i don't know but it's really crazy i oh god this is bizarre because i think that you're right and i saw it in another movie this has nothing to do with this i'm so sorry but tom wanted to watch this thai movie called hunger and it was about this lady who was a chef a chef that she tries breaking into work for this big you know to do chef and beat for beat, as you said here, it's whiplash. People are recycling stories all the time, I think. And I don't know if it's on purpose or not, because there's a there's a movie called Mrs. Miniver from the uh, from the 40s, I believe. And uh, 
there was an episode of uh, Gosford Park in which Maggie Smith allows the lady to win the flower show contest. And people jumped on Julian Fellow's back saying, you copied this from Mrs. Maneuver. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what it, I don't know what you're talking about. He swore, you know, he had seen Mrs. Maneuver, but he had, didn't intentionally copy it. Um, and a lot of it, I don't know if it's intentional or not, because I, I think that's a great point about Barry Lyndon, but perhaps it's like subconscious. Um, Get Out is another movie that I remember as a kid, my mom told me about this book that she read. And it was about the scientist who gives this big party on his island. And everybody who invites is elderly, and they all bring along a young companion, like a young wife or a young secretary, young man. And it turns out that they're going to kill all these young people and transfer their essence into the older people. So, um, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that Jordan Peele stole that. I'm just saying maybe he had seen it or read it and subconsciously copied it. I think that's a thing. Yeah, and I guess, it, it, and then, yeah, to be fair on, on the counterpoint, it it kind of feels like a natural way to make like a, a scumbag story, like life story. Yeah. You know, you, you would kind of think you would kind of hit these kind of beats, um, perhaps, you know, independently of seeing Barry Lyndon. But I, I still think it's so fascinating how many parallels there are. Yeah, I, but yeah, this that's true because we've got a whole storyline here that's similar beat for beat. Um, huh. I, uh, yeah, and just since the, just since Eric mentioned about the, him joining the military, I thought they did a pretty good job, uh, pushing him to that point where he would just be, you know, forced to join the Empire is only really way out of that whole kind of tense airport scene or spaceport scene. I thought all that was quite well done. I even liked seeing them bribing the, uh, somebody who worked for the Empire to just let them through like that. It's nice to see that at the lower level, we have people who are just kind of doing their job. They don't really care about the fascist regime that much. They're just, you know, just a person working. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah, another thing we didn't talk about aesthetically that I really have come to like more now, more, the more I analyze this film, um, the, the, the battle um, that Han's in where he meets Beckett, I like for Star Wars that it has like this whole... Um, World War One vibe going through, it. like um, all quiet oh, yeah. on the Western Front, or uh, mm -hmm. uh, what's the other Kubrick movie? Um, oh, uh, Paths of Glory. Paths of Glory. I because the because the way the um, the Imperial officers look, like with their big coats, like we've never seen Imperial officers on screen, like have such a look, and I, I like that. Yeah. I, that's, I, I that's what I was talking about. That's part of this expanding um, Star Wars boundaries I was talking about. I don't think that's unique to Solo. I think that that came out like with Peter Cushing, you know, because if you look well, at Peter Cushing's costume, he looks like a fucking Nazi. I mean, it's oh, there's no yeah. doubt, but there's no doubt about that. But that's World War Two. This is this is like pulling some from World War One, which is a, a hmm. similar but different aesthetic. Yeah, like fighting in the tr fighting in the trenches. It was yes. a dirty, muddy. Yeah. Yes. Know, grimy experience and that's exactly what we see here these guys are in the mud, mud. yes and grandma talking was more of the hugo boss world war ii look whereas the the officers <laughs> and lieutenants that we see in solo look more like the edwardian and pre-edwardian -Edward era of european type style which was pre-nazi mm -hmm. pre 
okay. pre World War Two. These very good points. <laughs> and when you said Grandma Tarkin, I thought you said Grandma Tarkin because we're talking there you about go. World War. Yeah. I swear to God, and I had to like realign my brain for a second. Yeah, I was picturing B. Arthur again. Yeah. Um, uh, Isaac, what what were you thinking about that uh, the thing with the teller at the spaceport? Because I know you also kind of feel like we don't get enough of that lower level stuff with the Empire. Well, I feel like it's been addressed in Andor, but in this one it was very brief. I mean, sure, they had the Empire, but again, it's this is during Imperial rule. I guess you wanted to see more of the syndicates, because they said that there's these crime syndicates, but we only get, like, one. <laughs> there's, and then there's, like, the other guys, but there's, like, the Crimson... A little, a little of the Pikes, a little bit. I guess, yeah, yeah. some of the Pikes, but... Um, I don't know, I think it was well handled. Um, I feel like the officers should have betrayed Solo... But I guess betrayed him in the way of keeping Kira back, potentially. I don't know. Like, well, that's kind of why I like that we see someone who, you know, they're just doing their job. They, they're happy to take that bribe. They don't really care that much. Oh, and uh, I guess for everybody's sake, like the the Kaisers from World War One and the Nazis in World War Two. Yeah, yeah. Except we didn't see any like pointy helmets. Mm. But that's just you know. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 oh, but I know Isaac never loved the gun twirling when we first see Beckett. <laughs> and it does, now that I see it, it does seem a little bit more over the top, especially during battle, just doing that. Like I, okay, yeah, I, I, I made a complete fool of myself for saying that. I was very loud when I said that. Uh, you know, it's, I, it's, it's a character tick. I know it's like a, it's really, it's cool because everybody likes to twirl guns and whatnot. And, or it likes twirling things because it looks cool, but it also like helps with their hands and it could be just because somebody uh, else, you know, can't stand still. Well, um, I guess. If, like I said, if it's like the gun from Dishonored where you actually, you by reloading, you, have to, you mm. have to like, you know, flip it. Like, that'd be cool. But anyway, that's not, that's not it. Um, I think, <laughs> all right, if I, if I may, going, going way back. Um, first off, there was a line. This one's for Eric. Eric, I didn't know this, but Beckett, at least in this continuity, is responsible for the death of Aura Singh. I did not realize that. Oh yeah, uh, there was that mm. line that Lando said that uh, he put she he pushed her uh, during I guess like I don't, I don't know when, but it saved Lando Calrissian. So it seems that Aura Singh and Lando Calrissian um, encountered each other at one point uh, in their lives. And for those who don't know, Aura Singh, if everybody remembers back in Episode One, The Phantom Menace, when we were on Tatooine. Uh, during yeah. the pod race scene, oh. uh, there's that white yeah. skinned woman, and literally, like, like, not white, pale skinned woman with like a rifle uh, harnessed on her back, and she just yeah. watches from afar. Like, she's just like one of the um, onlookers, one of the viewers of the pod race. And, you know, that was initially oh. supposed to be um, uh, whatever, whatever her name is. Zam Wessel. Zam Wessel, thank you. That was supposed to be Zam Wessel of episode two. That was just, it's, she's oh. like the greatest bounty hunter next to Cad Bane. If they like, mm. Cad Bane and her met, they'd like destroy the Star Wars universe. Anyways, it's another here. So, see, see what? Why do I know this? I say I'm not a Star Wars fan, but yet I know that stupid character and what she should have been. You're a Star Wars fan. There's, yeah, there's no way you would know that if you weren't a Star can't Wars. Can't deny your destiny. Sorry, Caleb. I know. You can't deny your destiny anyway. Oh. Go, go ahead, Isaac. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, that's useless information. Um, I did not pick. I did not pick that up. That's fascinating. I just I heard Aura sing. I thought he was talking about um, uh, what's her what's her name? Um, the Jedi. I was thinking of of the Jedi instead. Twilight. I was like totally noticed the first time they do what they do in Doctor Who. Like whenever they make random references to unseen things, 
they always throw in like two things you've never heard of and one thing for sure you've heard of mm, if you've been paying yeah. attention to Doctor Who. Mm. And they, they that was one of the times they did it in this movie. They did another time. Yeah. When they were saying something. Oh, what were they talking about? The Bounty Hunters with Bosk. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bounty Hunters with Bosk. There was another one with like like they don't have that on like on any planet except for blank blank and scarif oh yeah yeah the scarif drop in i was surprised by that yeah yeah i was too also considering like how recent that film was and yeah everything. rogue one but yeah it makes sense it makes sense i mean in a weird way makes sense yeah and they threw in that felucia reference with uh that was a weird one yeah i was like oh wow very very weird thought that planet <laughs> Yeah, they're trying. They're trying to make this feel like a more expanded universe. Well, the Fallujah one's weird because it makes me think of the prequels planet, but then it makes me think of what the prequels planet is like named after, like the real world Fallujah. So, Fallujah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird double double. And what did they say when they took off from that planet and their ship? Bye, Fallujah. Bye, Fallujah. <laughs> Sorry, I I didn't oh, do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Straight out Compton is Sean's favorite movie of the last ten years. I don't know what you're. I, I don't know what you're. Talking oh, about. They they say that line in the movie. Oh. That's that oh. came out before that movie did. That's it's been around for. I years. know the I know the saying came out before <laughs> the movie. Yes, for sure. Oh, and I think we we glossed over that that early train heist when they're trying to steal that coaxium. I thought that was a pretty fun little like callback to like a western or something. I thought that was a pretty fun sequence. Yes. I was thinking that earlier, but I didn't get the chance to say it, and then I forgot to say it. But you are absolutely right. Um, yes. Uh, and that's pretty much as close as this this film gets to a Western, um, which is interesting because if you look at uh, the original Star Wars, it borrows from a, from a handful of different uh, genres uh, and regions. Uh, and maybe we should get to that when we get to that. So. Yeah. And I think that little ending like shootout between the two of them yeah. like a showdown at dawn i think that's another little callback so just thinking about the train scene reminds me of yeah something else i like about this movie overall which is in my in in, in my mind this movie um feels the most like the original trilogy to me of anything else that's coming out of disney star wars just in terms yeah. of feel alike and and part of that is that I like how this movie has a structure very much like Return of the Jedi and to varying degrees like the other two originals, which is it kind of has like, depending on how you count it, like three and a half different parts of the movie um, where they kind of change scene and change everything. And and I I think this movie is a good movie just in general, not, not just a Star Wars movie, but like I said, like for non-Star Wars people, because... One thing I feel about this movie, which is why I like part of the reason why I like Star Wars so much as a kid, was that like you don't ever there's no reason to ever get bored in this movie. Like it's like one little mini adventure, and this is also like the original um, Indiana Jones movies. There's like one little mini adventure followed by another mini adventure, and and I like them all, and I like how they complement each other, and I like how the the movie never gets dull, but it's also not going at a million miles per hour like the Abrams. Um, Star Wars yeah. movies or Abrams movies in general, it's it just feels like this movie very much feels like an '80s action movie, but with modern production values. That's one of the first thoughts I ever had about this movie, and 
yeah, it's just a damn shame to me that that it, it it's done so poorly uh, in box office and in in people not really even visiting it digitally later. I think it's a damn shame. I, th- I think it's a, it's like a quiet gem of a movie, Star Wars movie. Yeah, and it definitely has its like minor cult following. And every now and again, I see them all putting up a stink like, "Oh, when's Disney gonna make a sequel for us?" But I'm always like, "Ah, they're never going to." Yeah, that's, that's no one cares. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's that's gonna be the Lando show. It's gonna be the sequel. Yeah, yeah I, I would I would hope and wish because I still don't know that that'll ever be. Even though I know they said uh, a couple months ago that it's not dead yet, but I won't believe it till I see it. But I will be so happy to watch it, even if it's not the best. I'll yeah. still be happy. Well, the problem is with Lucasfilm is. They have notorious history of canceling shows and film, firing directors, actors. So I, I don't. I, I. I am not. I, I don't feel like Lando's going to get made. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath, but I so yeah, but... want to return to this storyline. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. I just with with everything that again Kathleen Kennedy has promised so much. It's just it falls i mean it, no, nothing ever comes to to fruition yeah, except andor and obi-wan both shows that i never thought would have happened so that that does give me a minor bit of hope because i would have never guessed that either of those would have come to pass we talked about it on obi on the obi-wan review that i mean it oh, was yeah. going to be a film and then it got then the scripts were made it was promised oh it's done it's starting filming no it's not we canceled it we're going to do rewrites and it was like back and forth back and forth so many times it was almost like I just don't yeah. know what to believe, and apparently that's just a normal thing at Lucasfilm. They they hire directors, they hire writers, and they fire them. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's it's a joke at this point. Uh, so I don't know. Like the uh, the one movie I was looking really forward to was the Rogue Squadron. Uh, that was going to be done. Who who was the director up behind that one? Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. I can't believe they they shot a sizzle reel for that, and then they canceled it. That's crazy. Yeah, and and then it's like. Yeah, not gonna happen. And then the um, the guy Ryan Johnson was gonna have a trilogy. Well, that didn't well, come out. Yeah. I was holding my breath. He said that that's that's not dead yet. Uh, that's another oh, one. Oh, Ryan Johnson's pretty busy with other stuff. I don't. Think yeah, he's gonna... I don't yeah. think he's good for Star Wars. I think. Uh, I think. He's, yeah. I think he's he's good in other things, but Star Wars is not his. He's good in everything with Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, Colin yeah. Trevero, uh, his thing failed. Who, <laughs> oh wow! Don't forget the uh, don't forget the uh, Game of Thrones buds. Oh yes, yeah the uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a trilogy. They're great at endings, right? Uh, yeah, David David Benoff and uh, DB Weiss. Yes, and Lindenoff was another one that that, that one for sure got canceled. Um, Keanu Reeves was attached to one at some point. I think he was out <laughs> no, there. He wasn't. <laughs> I, I, Steve, how do you know all this? When we do our podcast, I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so, you know, from that movie. You're like, what? This is because you're not talking about Star Wars. I mean, I, Steve is a Star Wars fan. I watch Star Wars videos on my free time. I'm like, I'm totally invested. Gareth Edwards was going to do, uh, he did Rogue One, but he, he the writing, like, he got fired, I think got fired at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, he got cut out of the editing. And they brought in somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I got completely screwed over. Um, and then, of course, this film, this film we were talking about earlier with, with Lord Miller. I mean, God, Lucasfilm. Supposedly the Taika Waititi movie is still alive, supposedly. Oh, right, the Taika Waititi. Oh, it's just God. so, there's so many. And I forget the director who got canned, or who was supposed to get Sith before they snatched it away and gave it back to Abrams. 
Yeah, that was Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They made the right choice there. That guy's <laughs> turned out to be a big hack. You think? What are you talking about? His Is movie, he? his Jurassic World movies are great. Yeah, Steve, have you seen his recent Jurassic World Dominion? No, I don't. I don't. I, the only Jurassic Park movie I ever watched that I liked was the first one. I'm so. with you, Steve. I think it's almost on the level of Rise of Skywalker. It's a uh, total clusterfuck. Oh fuck! No, Sean likes it. I know you liked it, Sean, but I. I like those movies. I didn't like the second to last. Uh, Fallen Kingdom. The... Fallen Kingdom. I didn't like that very much, but the last one was pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, I'm. I don't understand what everybody hates those movies. I don't hate all of them. I don't hate all of them. Jurassic Park Three is. Any... Ah, it's a topic for. I like that one. I like Jurassic I Park Three. Don't... We'll save that for another day too. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk about those movies. I like the novel. Me too. Yeah. Don't like the second novel. But uh, how about, uh, we've, we've not talked about uh, a, a faction of characters that were introduced during that train heist. Emphasnet. Ah, uh, yes. The woke uh, clan, or the, the oh. woke marauders. Oh, we're talking about Chewbacca. Oh, boy. Just according to Eric, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess you're right. It's not according to me, it's according to... Sorry, it's according okay. To, again, I'm, I'm the messenger. As the representative, so so yes, you're the you're the represent, you're the hand, you're the mouth, whatever you want to call it. So if, if <laughs> the, the woke crowd is Sauron, you're the mouth. So, middleman Eric, what is the woke crowd, what are what are the woke overlords saying about... Anti-woke. Uh, yeah, the anti-wokes, the anti-wokes. Whatever, anti-woke, woke. This, they're the, they're the, they're the same thing. Uh, what, what do you have to say? What do they say about uh, what, like, just random person? Because like, she takes off her helmet and it's just some woman. Yes, but it's not just some woman. I mean, she kind of was some woman. It's the woman. She was kind of just some woman at the time that the movie came out. But, but yeah. But as time has passed, she's not just some woman. Oh man, what is her name? Um, Who are you talking about? Oh, Aaron yeah. Kellyman. Yeah. Um. Because Disney like loves her or something, because she has she started with emphasis nest, nest yes yeah yeah and yeah. she basically reply reprised the same type of role in uh in uh, Winter Soldier yeah, Falcon, Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier Jinx Falcon and the Winter Soldier and again in the Willow series like she she's basically played the similar type character similar type casting three times working with disney um so she is absolutely their darling in in some sense i I gotta say this i'm slightly drunk now but i find her amazingly attractive uh i think she's 23 okay she's not 20 she's 23 because then she would have been like 16 when she did solo or at least she was 21 i think when she did solo i don't remember now oh she's close to our age 23 is great. Um, I'm not going to complain, but... Uh... Oh, she is 24 right now. I'm surprised. Before anybody crucifies me, which they will already do, so I think like her acting is... I think she does a good job acting, and she's a good actor. I'm just saying like the character herself is just like... The, the, the emphasis just takes her helmet off, and it's just like... And it's just like this person. But that's... that's yeah, that's kind of the I'm, point. Could you be... Oh, wait, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, have, I have a question. Which character are we talking okay, about? Okay, yeah. So you remember the uh, character who rides on the hover bike uh, and during the train sequence and has that, um, has that axe? And then when we get, then we get to the, uh, that, that, tattoo, or that Tatooine planet, or that, that desert yeah. planet. Well, she's the daughter of Val. No. Okay. No. No. no, 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 no. She's the rival gang leader that isn't Paul Bettany. I thought that was. I thought that. No, I thought. No, I thought she was the daughter of Val. No, that'd be insane. 
No. Is she the one that looks kind of like Maya Rudolph? Yes. Yeah. She's the one with red hair and okay. freckles. All right. Yes. Yes. And the one who was in the Green Knight. Was she really? Oh yeah. I've never seen oh, yeah. her. I'm sorry. That's good for her. I'm sorry. Um, but going back to Isaac's original question, for the not that I'm the spokesperson for the anti woke. That is no. That is her daughter. No, it's no, it's not. Whoa, no, whoa, it's not. no. Ephinest is is Val's daughter. No. Yeah, she even says that's her mother. No, she does talk about her mother. That's why that's why she doesn't like Becky. She does talk about her mother, but it's not Val she's talking about. Because her mother her mother was a freedom fighter before her. Yeah. And she's like taking up the mantle that her mother had. Oh no no no, yeah. Steve, don't go down that road. No, we're not that, that no, they're not they're not connected. Because she she almost killed Val. Or pretty much killed Val. Yeah. Well yeah. uh indirectly, but like Val blew the bridge up anyway, or the, the track up too. So so confused. Sorry, Sean. We won't bother explaining because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. Yeah, don't explain. I, I'll be confused either no, way. But no, but I am not the spokesperson for the anti woke. But the actress Sarah. Kellyman, when she shows up in these Disney projects, for that crowd, she is a million percent like a dog whistle. Oh, so great. so they will if, if she yep. shows up in something Disney. Like they will lose all rational thinking, all rational arguments, and like instantly, <laughs> instant hate. Just Godwin's law. That's just instant Godwin's law. So yeah, that's how that goes. Now speaking for myself, though. Yeah, I asked. I asked their opinion, not yours. What's your opinion? Speaking for myself, though, <laughs> I was actually pleasantly surprised. I usually don't like the whole gender swap thing, uh, but that's usually different kind of context. Come on, what... they pulled a Samus Aran on our our readers. Yeah, but hold on. Um, I get so many arguments, uh, this doesn't have to do with the podcasting, but in real life I get so many arguments when people start really, like, putting up against me, but it's because I haven't finished my point yet. I know, I know, I know, I'm just like, I'm just fooling around. It, it happens to me, but it's, it's, it's terrible in real life, it happens to me kind of a lot. But, um, <laughs> but because, well, when they reveal her as who she is in the movie, I actually like that because they did mm -hmm. get me like the, I was duped and it didn't feel unfair like other dupings in other movies um it felt like an earned dupe and so I, I kind of had like a okay touche touche you guys got me there because I was definitely in my Neanderthal brain thinking like assuming this was going to be some other like male like bike uh um like mm -hmm. bike biker gang leader or whatever and yeah, Lord Humongous. Yeah, and they got me in it, and I thought, I thought, oh, I, I'm cool with this. Now I know other people are going to go lose their minds for other reasons, um, but no, I, that's good. There's absolutely no reason to lose your mind over this. I, I think it's ridiculous. Agreed. So Isaac, did you just confirm that that she's going to play Samus Aran in the Metroid movie? Dude, I would <laughs> love that. I Is would there going to be a Metroid that? <laughs> Actually, now that you say that, oh, there's gotta be, there's gotta be. I think, in a way, Leia is also like an original, like another like OG Samus Aran because just at the beginning of six, just with like you know that bounty hunter character, and then like you know Vex, yeah, Vex, and you think he takes off the helmet, and it's like you know Leia, so we assumed that that was a man, or you know just speaking in a high higher pitch dialect or something like that. So I don't know, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, oh, but speaking of co uh, costume reference, that were a bit much. Um, when they oh, pulled out the yeah. Lando outfit from Return of the Jedi, that was jumping the shark on references for me. Agreed. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of unnecessary. Uh, um, that was the kind where I shuffled in my seat because I was uncomfortable by it. I was like, oh, wow. Way over the top. Like, 
Really? Are you guys really like, okay? Like this fan service is like a little too much. Like, come on. Like, yes. Can I go back to uh, one? I'm so sorry. I I I guess I agree with y'all because I had that figure and that's why I remember uh, <laughs> that he wore that outfit and returned yep. the Jedi because it was cool because you could take the helmet off and it's like oh it's Lando. Yes, I had the exact same thought about the figure. Awesome. And then you put the helmet back on. It's like he's in disguise. Yep. Let's go. I had that figure. So I'm cool. just going to say about, I'm, I'm going to throw out bullshit about the woke thing. I'm so sorry. I would try to interject. Um, I'm just going to say that uh, that character is not woke, but you know where the anti-woke people are really going to cling on? Cling on. Uh, cling on <laughs> is Focus on. the casting of Linda Hunt as the worm lady in the beginning. Linda Hunt. Is that that short? Uh, oh, that was great. She, 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 oh, I loved it. Yes, Shadam Mapes. Popular for uh, Tombstone. I think she played the bartender. But uh, woke because she won an Academy Award for playing a man. That's kind of, this what? is kind of a joke, but, you know, I uh, think that may have been woke. Anyway, that's all I got. What? Huh? That's exactly what Steve said when I brought it up. Because I was really excited about it. I'm like, oh my God, I know that voice. And then I looked it up, and she's been in commercials uh, and okay. stuff like that. Uh, Linda Hunt, she's you know, Steve, Steve didn't Steve didn't care either. She's okay, I guess. Still don't. Sister of my favorite uh, Bond director, Mike Hunt. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, it's not. I can't believe I said really. <laughs> So fucking stupid. Uh, stupid. That was snatch. Um, God. I think they're cousins with um, Mr. Roch. So, hey, Caleb, guess uh, who shows up at the end of the movie? Oh, yes. Yeah, I know that you were pissed by this. The leader of the yeah. Crimson Dawn. Whatever. Okay, you just take it away. Yeah, I don't have much to say. I never cared one way or the other about this character, uh, Darth Maul. I never thought there was anything there. Apparently, they did something with him in the books and oh, the, the Clone Wars, but... They brought him back here. Plenty. It doesn't bother me because I couldn't care less about this character one way or the other. But I know it bothers you, Isaac. So I think it is interesting that if you did like watch Phantom Menace and you were going through these chronologically as you know per the the movies themselves, not so much like the release dates. It is interesting, actually. It it really would be interesting to be like, oh, Maul's alive. Like, <laughs> no, I, huh. I have seen that. I'm telling you, it, it's fun watching Gen Z reactions, especially when they watch in chronological order. Because Jin Zed. Yeah, it's pronounced Zed. <laughs> but um, no, it, I, it's fascinating to me watching people watch these movies for the first time in chrono chronological order. And they have that exact reaction like you just like, oh, my God, he's still alive. Like, what's going on? How is that even possible? And all these retro connections we were talking about, they get introduced to them in Solo and some of the other stuff in the prequels. And they have this weird enjoyment when they get to the originals, and they're like, oh, oh, this is like the thing in Solo, and oh, this is like what Anakin did that thing. And it, it, it somehow works. It works for those who watch them, experience them in chronological order. Yeah. <laughs> if only we all had that enthusiasm. Well, for me, I was pretty excited because it may have been one of the first times we saw like a reference from like the Clone Wars 3D animated series or something from the the later animated stuff that then came into fruition, like into live action canon canon. And so I think that kind of got me, uh, I was a little bit surprised and excited at the same time 
uh, when I saw that because it was acknowledging, you know, that of course Clone Wars, the, the animated series, is canon. Because um, you can, you know, obviously see his bionic legs yeah. like in the in the hologram. I noticed they specifically because usually holograms in Star Wars are that that monotone um, like light blue color, but this one specifically color. And I, you mean you mean with Clive Revel, <clears throat> Steve? What? Never mind. I'm so sorry. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that we were doing in the Murder, She Wrote podcast. Sorry. But this was in color, I think, to really <laughs> highlight his lightsaber. Now, this didn't bother me at the time, but because I keep rewatching this movie, it it does bother me. Like, it's cool to see Maul and all that stuff, but why does he have to show his lightsaber on the holo call? Oh, it's I... only for the people getting surprised the first time who think his lightsaber is so cool. It's only for them. Because in-universe, it's like, seriously, dude. You have to ignite your lightsaber on every phone call you do. Yeah, that is, that is way too much. It's way fucking over the top. Yeah, like I said, I I wasn't bothered to see him back because I just don't care either way. But when he did ignite the lightsaber, I was like, okay, this is some like in your face fan service. Like it was it was his lightsaber lighting up and all the fan erections around me in the theater. They're all lighting up too. I was gonna say fan climaxes, but that's just me. Yeah, it, 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 it definitely. So Caleb, you didn't see, you didn't stand up from your seat and clap out loud. No, yeah, and, then, no. and then what's interesting too, if I remember this correctly, it's been a long time since I looked this up. So in the original prequels, you know, you have the actor Ray Park, and I think Ray Park voices Darth <laughs> Maul in the prequel, well, the one prequel movie. No, no, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't voice. No. And why do I know this? Why do I know? This? <laughs> Everybody knew. I don't know. But in this movie. It's still Ray Park um, playing the character, but now they have the voice actor who's been playing like Star Killer, Sam Whitaker. Exactly. So that that was kind of cool. Why does he know that? It's a, it actually is Whitworth. It's Doomsday. Yeah, it's Doomsday from Smallville. Well, <laughs> oh fuck that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I shut it down. I apologize. Keep going, Steve. <laughs> no, I. But I I think all the the. <laughs> the the retrofitting or the the retconning of Maul, most of it I think is really all good. I mean, the stuff that's like in the ser- the animated series as well. Um, it's a different conversation though on what happens to him in Rebels, and that's like a major spoiler that I, I don't even want to say out loud. But that I don't know. That that's okay. a, that's another situation. I don't know how I feel about that. I'd like to ask you. Uh, this is from your opinion, Eric. Uh, so for I guess for the Thanos series, um, who in this film will show up in that in that series? The Thanos, Thanos? series? Oh, sorry, I meant Thrawn. But it, it, Thrawn is Thanos. So oh, who from who from Rebels? <laughs> Not Rebels. Who from this Ooh. film is going to show up in in the Thrawn series? Because mm-hmm. again. It, Thrawn is Thanos in Star Wars, so like, what is uh, like, who's gonna show up in in from this film to those? Films? I don't think anybody from this film. Okay, I, fair enough. Not really. Uh, Rebels. That's a whole different story, though, because uh, that's like. Yeah, we're not doing Rebels here, so. I mean, but because that's like practically everybody from that, but not from this. Well, just just because I'm sure we've lost Sean by by a mile at this point. Um, what did you guys think of uh, the villain here? Uh, uh, Dryden Voss, I think. Paul Bettany. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to ask, what's the name of that actor? And that's it. Okay. Yeah. 
I thought he was great. I, you know, I found him very menacing. Um, like he was unstable, and 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 when he was on scene, especially when he's talking to Han and Beckett back on his cruise ship, whatever it's called. Like I, like wow, what's he gonna do? Is he going to? He's got this weird knife blade thing. Is he gonna? You know, is he gonna lose his mind? Because he seems to, you know, lose. He gets loses his sanity and kills people. I mean, I thought he was very convincing. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the benefit of yeah having someone who has so little screen time. I think he only really has like two major scenes in the movie. Yeah, bringing someone in who can bring that kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just elevates a, a fairly flat character. I think it definitely works. I think he's great. I think his character is interesting, like a different kind of uh, Star Wars villain. Um, they do get a bit out of control in the animated stuff with Inquisitors, because it's just like there's always another one, and that's just super annoying, because uh, they just proliferate. But but he's not a Force user. He's something else. He's, he's a different kind of gangster. He's not a hut. Um, I think all that's pretty good. I still, though, haven't made my mind up. It just seems like a terrible idea for him to send Kira on the mission to Kessel. Um, Mm. And I could see some arguments like, oh, maybe he's really trying to test her loyalty and da-da-da-da-da. It still doesn't seem worth it, though. still seems like a bad tactician move. seems to be a major mistake. Uh, It seems to be like his major major flaw in his game in in the context of the movie yeah i don't I'm, i don't know why he does it but oh well but and his ship is just fascinating that yacht is really fascinating because of how vertical it is and yeah you know it's like a b-wing on crack it's it's pretty interesting yeah and they they definitely had a better song uh uh piloting that to, or at least going through with that ship rather than they had in uh that return of the jedi special edition with that screaming rabbit guy I was like, even though this is a weird song, I don't really like it. I'll still, for a nightclub kind of setting for Star Wars, mm. I guess this is the best thing. I think, I think she was speaking French. Maybe I'm wrong. Or singing in French. I don't know. I, 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 think, I thought I heard some French words. For some reason, that triggered a, a memory. Like, I think it was Miller. Uh, do you know where he actually appeared on screen in Star Wars before? Before Solo? Christopher Miller? Like, yeah, Miller, the, one, the ones who got fired from the, from the movie. Oh no, I don't. Was he in one of the prequels? Nope. Oh god, was was he in one of the special editions or <laughs> He was in one of the special editions. He was a child. Oh my god. No, he wasn't a child when the special editions came out. Was he in that Java scene? Was he the, the screaming rabbit guy? No. He he was one of the uh he was one of the stormtroopers who was filmed for the special edition of Empire Strikes Back. Okay. okay. Just saying, I, I I had no idea he had Star Wars connections. Like, you know, prior to working on this movie. What scene was that? Was it the scene when they run down the hallway and suddenly there's like a hundred troopers when there only used to be ten? No, no, no. That, that was a New Hope. Oh, New Hope. I, I, okay. couldn't, I couldn't tell you the scene specifically because, yeah, it doesn't oh, okay. seem like there's stormtroopers added to Empire in particular, but that's what uh, um, IMDb or Wiki said. Cool. Yeah, and I guess moving to another one of the major sequences in the movie, we get the whole scene with the pikes. And yeah, this is a syndicate that we see a little bit more in the boba fett series they spent a lot of time yeah this is our first time seeing them in live action yeah oh they're in the the clone wars as well yes 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 mm. yes yes definitely yeah and i i i mostly like that that stuff i don't love all the uh stuff with l3 
But what do you guys think about this this secondary Wookiee that teams up with them and it's like, okay, I'm gonna help you guys with whatever you're doing. Yeah, I kind of thought that guy looked just like they cheaped out on the costume or something. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, yeah, it it does look. It has this uncanny valley uh, thing. Um, I think it looked like a girl. Oh, interesting. Mm. Or what girl Wookiee? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a girl Chewbacca. Hmm. No, or Wookiee. Oh, I don't know. It was a girl Wookiee. Hmm. No. Maybe she had the eyes form. She. It, it could have been a reused suit from the the um the seventy eight Christmas special, Star Wars Christmas special. No, God. No. When they show Chewie's family. I don't know what that is. Uh, what do you? You don't know. Oh, you'll find out. You don't. No, we should have watched that as part of the podcast. Oh, no, no, don't say that, Caleb. Caleb, no, no. We'll no. find and out. I'm, we I'm might find out. Pretending it doesn't exist. No, no, we're not going to find out. We're not going to. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe not. I don't know if I want to sit through it either. It's it's only thirty minutes. Yeah, there is. N- it is not thirty minutes. Yes, it is. No, it's over. No, it's not. It's an hour. It's, it, it is not thirty. It's like an hour. It, it what's it? Yeah. It's like an hour and a half, but it feels like five. <laughs> I don't want to watch B. Arthur. There you uh, go. B. Arthur. Every in there. Jefferson Starship. <laughs> oh, that's the that's the only good thing is B. Arthur and Hardcore. <laughs> I'm just saying those were very believable looking. I was I was at a party one time where somebody put that on, and uh, there the part with B. Arthur came on, and somebody goes. So this is what John Pertwee did after Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Who's, who's the guy who played it? Oh man, on the Honeymooners, uh, Ed Norton. Who, yeah. Who was uh, that actor? Oh fuck! Uh, I should Carney. Oh. I should, Art Carney. Art Carney. Art, there Art, you go. Art Carney. Art Carney's in it. Um, who else? The the musicians. I can't think of. But yeah, it's got a Jefferson Starship. All, AKA. Maybe we'll find out. No, we're not going to yeah. find out. In fact, we've probably talked about <laughs> this before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we just now covered it, so we don't have to cover it That's now. fair. But Isaac, what were you saying? Something about the Wookiees there. Oh, no, I just I was trying to remember. I remember. Okay, this is like, again, useless information, but I remember watching Empire of Dreams, uh, you know, making of the you know, original trilogy. There. And mm. uh, they brought, for Chewbacca's uh, creature design, they brought in uh, what's his face from Planet of the Apes? Uh, Stuart something. And I remember there was. Smiley? Sorry? I know, it was a joke, but I'm just like. He said uh, Smiley. Not, no, Stuart no. no. Um, but he. I remember seeing an image. Uh, there was a picture taken of him working on Chewie's mask or face. And he had the, um, he had the fur and her hair peeled back. And it actually looked like, like that Wookiee, that like, compatriot of, of Chewbacca's, looked like um, Chewie's face, but without the hair. Unless they just plucked off the hair, like when he was, you know, on the Spice Mines of Kessel. Wait a minute, <laughs> it's the Spice Mines of Kessel. We haven't seen that thing before. I know what that is. Yeah, that's another one the fans Wait, stop and clap. Was that just happening you in real time, or are you just <laughs> he's making play fun? <laughs> oh, okay. I'll uh, I'll let you uh, I'll let you decide, Eric. It's subjective. <laughs> Um, I just want to also object about the gay agenda in this film. Objection. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? There's the interspecies shower scene uh, with uh, Han and and Chewbacca. They shower together. Which, for 
Which, for some reason, I thought uh, Kira and Han Solo were in the shower at one point, but I, I don't know where I thought that. I was like, weren't they in a shower no. at one point together? Or maybe I'm wrong on that. No. It's not a compliment to her. I know, I literally was. I was like, but for some reason, I was mistaken. I was like, I really thought that, but it, maybe it was Chewbacca instead. I'm like, that's not Kira. <laughs> yeah, the, I thought that scene was funny. Uh, the interspecies shower. I don't know why that scene was there. That felt like a Lord Miller insert, and not a great one. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> no, but... If you want to get like really pedant, not pedantic, um, in Ming Mongi. Oh no, not that Ming Mongi. What the fuck does that no, mean? I've I've explained it before. It was, it was something I learned from old Doctor Who podcasts. Okay, that's right. That's absolutely like people who are like like really anal, um, like super fans. Yeah. Of like especially sci-fi type things. The gatekeepers. Anyway, but they said in this episode, uh, it's this way. Uh, about the gatekeeper's wife. Oh, the anal fans, the gatekeepers. Okay, I get what you mean. No, no, but something interesting that I stumbled upon because I started looking into it myself and then I found like other things to support it. Um, because back when the movie came out, there was like a, um, like a virtual representation of the interior of the Millennium Falcon and you could be on your computer on, and you could like, you know, click wherever you want and go down the hallways and go into Lando's room and into oh, Lando's no. cape closet and all that stuff. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, virtually like exploring the set and everything, oh. trying to like imagine like, like what, what different, how, what, what parts of the ship changed into like in the original series. Um, and weirdly enough, <laughs> weirdly enough. And I, I thought about this first and then I verified it later. So where when they're in the cape closet and and like Han and uh, Kira are having their moment, that on the blueprints of the Millennium Falcon. No, oh, I know where this is going. That is the exact same spot on the ship where Han kisses Leia in Empire Strikes Back. It's the exact same location. They're standing like on the same spot where he will kiss wow. Leia like <laughs> twenty years later. His closet got converted into like some sort of like electric room. Yeah, and I, I think it's just some kind of weird coincidence, but it this little factoid like for some reason blows my mind on this movie. And I don't even know if it was an accident or intentional, but it, it's just mind boggling to me. Okay. It's Han's horny spot. <laughs> His G spot. <laughs> I'm oh, so no. sorry. Oh. I keep And maybe it wasn't intentional because oh, because the way the way Beckett interrupts oh. the scene is just like C three PO in Empire. Um, so what's the relationship? Here's my question. I was a little confused, so hopefully you guys can, uh, help answer this question for me. I was a little confused about the relationship between, because the movie for me is finished. I, I've, I've finished the movie already. Um, <laughs> I what's the, uh, there you go. What's the, uh, what's the relationship at the end between Han and Kira? What is, uh, where, where are they, like, do, how, were they, are they still a bit romantic or have they, like, kind of just left each other? Well, I get the sense that she's like, okay, I've left that old person behind now. Who I used to be, the person who liked Han, and now I'm, yeah, the, the crime boss. But maybe for him, maybe he'll still hold on. He might hold on, but really, he's a nomad. Um, he'll move on from planet to planet, and he won't be back to see her, even if he wanted to, because uh, that's just his nature. Well, and the last thing is, Kira's going to go see Maul, which sounds like there's going to be some <laughs> SM going on. I was going to say she's going to get mauled. No, 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 no. She's going to get, like, you know, cut in half. Well, that's going to be really interesting since he doesn't have any lower extremities. At least that's no true. natural ones. But he's still got fingers, though. So, like, you know. Oh, really? No. 
believe you said that. That's gross. Oh. So you're saying he's she's, he's going to give her a back massage or a foot massage? Uh, he, yeah, he also has a tongue. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, really, really oh. good back massage. But then he also has a lightsaber as well, so I guess that also works. Or maybe, maybe Darth Maul did a foot massage with his robot feet. <laughs> he's also got horns, but I don't know how they factor into this. I could use those horns. You, you never know. Oh, yeah. If one is horny enough, you could find a way to... I've lost... Uh, oh. I mean, you can't tell if he's horny or not, so because his horns are already up there. But anyway, I was gonna say, uh, well, he wouldn't have balls now. Lower half is cut off. L three said that they make it work, so maybe his robot legs. Maybe he's yeah. got something. Yeah, you know, yeah. anatomical. Uh, we remember C three PO's that card. Jackhammer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could go back to that moment. I don't know. I wonder if Maul's um, biological legs were walking around with a droid upper torso. Somewhere, you know, you know like that <laughs> scene from episode two with C-3PO. Like, exactly, that's what I was thinking about. There's just a droid with like organic legs that are somehow still like uh, intact and you know getting energy and blood pumping through it. Jedi dogs, Isaac, you've really thought too much about this. Oh my god, I agree. Yeah, have I? Have I? I think you're right. How? Let's talk about the giant uh, vagina in space. I meant the gravity well. What? Um. The male yeah, he's like, oh, there's a vagina in space in this? My god. Every every vagina is a maelstrom, pretty much. <laughs> oh, apparently this podcast is turning to the horny hour. Yes, I agree. This It's the booze. Well, not, not like the Clone Wars wasn't, but... Um, Caleb, do you want to make the obligatory red letter media joke? Like we did last time? I don't, I don't know if I know it. It's been a long time. The whole thing with Kathleen Kennedy and tentacles? Uh... <laughs> I don't know if I remember it. <laughs> Remember how they, they said that this was like the second film in a row where Kathleen Kennedy had... No, third film in a row where Kathleen Kennedy has like a tentacle fetish because oh. in the first Star Wars film, they had those whatever they were called. Yes. Oh, sorry, Force Awakens, they had those things. But no, and then like the Rogue One, they had that like beast that, you know, interrogated the guy. And then this one, we have like the giant space creature who's like the space slug from Empire, but instead it's like a Cthulhu or yeah. a Lovecraftian being. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I forgot they were making jokes about yeah her asking him to build the props just so that she could take them home with her. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, no, I, I do like this. Her and Frank Marshall could have fun with later that evening. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I, I do like this giant uh, yeah beastie out here in space. I always think that kind of thing's cool. This one's a little bit more on the silly side, but I still think it's fun. Nah, Solo was just like, I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going, and then he just gets out of there. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, your old joke finally worked for this one. Um, I don't know that they needed to, but somehow they resolved the 12 parsec line from... Uh, oh, see that I don't love. Greatest hits, greatest hits. This is the greatest hits film. But I mean, yeah, there, there was no way to square it, but, but I think their explanation actually works in this movie. Again, I don't know if you need it, the explanation, but it does work, and, and it, it fixes that issue yeah there's nothing to fix this is just like rogue one remember how rogue one tried to do that they tried to fix i guess we'll i guess i'll save that we discuss that later we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about that next time but um... yeah they, they don't need to fix this stuff i mean this is uh well i guess uh whatever <laughs> steve i gotta ask did you ever read any of those solo like han solo books in the in the legends or you know former expanding universe that because i'm pretty sure there was a book that did detail uh, him doing the Kessel Run. I'm sure, but no, I never read those stories. Okay, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was one joke I liked. It was Han right before he was going to do that trick where he was going to use his 
uh, landing gear to, uh, I forget what he did with it. <laughs> uh, the joke, well, all he did was basically just shower a bunch of, like, space dust it, at the TIE Fighter. Oh, yes, and it, yes. And, like, broke apart, and he made some joke about uh, the Street Racer, if I recall. Yeah, he was like, I picked up this little trick for my pal Needles, uh, the best Street Racer on Corellia. Or at least he was until he died, and then he just trailed off and goes, doing this. That's <laughs> right before he does the stunt. Yeah, it turned out he killed his friend, but he still tried it. I feel like that's a Lord Miller line, but I think it's okay. No, that wouldn't have been anything they were working on. I'm curious. I- I've never seen the movie uh, American Graffiti. I always assumed it had something oh. to do with that film. I mean, it is, it is Ron Howard. Just for you, Isaac. Uh, bef- the Lord Miller were done by the time that they left the, the army planet. They only were involved with that first section. And they oh, okay. Okay, yeah. The World War One planet. Okay. Yeah, and they didn't work on the script. I'm so sorry. What did, what did you say about American Graffiti, Steve? Well, there was a scene where he talks about needles uh, learning how, like, from racing. And I always thought, oh, I wonder if that's a reference to American Graffiti. I, I, I've never seen the film. So um, Ron Howard is in American Graffiti for about, I think, a hot second. Wait. Uh, Harrison Ford is in it too. Yes, obviously. for a hot yes, second. For right. a hot second, Harrison Ford is in there. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I was expecting an American Graffiti thing. No, but uh, and that was wasn't that directed by George Lucas? Yep, first film. I brought that up yes. in the beginning of the film where it's just like I'm hey, we so got sorry. Okay, that's okay. All right, welcome to the podcast, Sean. <laughs> um, what'd you like to talk about today? We're talking about uh, Last Jedi. Okay, and, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We still have. One, two, three, four, five, six movies to get through. Oh my god. Will we still be alive then? No, sorry, four. Four, okay, four, 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 sorry. No, no, five, five. I was right. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we might be dead. But speaking of might be dead, <laughs> let's. Uh, maybe we should come to the end of this unless you guys have any. You know who's dead? Uh, Beckett. <laughs> Wait, why is there only five? <laughs> uh, Rogue One, episode Jesus four, Christ. five, six, seven, eight. Didn't we cover this already? Yeah. I, I did like that Beckett death scene. I thought that was well Wait. done. Wait! Oh my god! Wait. Oh my god! Oh my god! I that didn't make. Wait, why is there five again? Oh Jesus! Episode four, five, six, seven, eight. So that's five. One plus two plus two plus one. Let's not forget the holiday special, and the two Ewok films. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We will forget the holiday special. Wait, wait, wait! Didn't you just count six? Well, no, because no, Steve was saying that. Well, we're talking about episode. Uh, we're talking about Last Jedi, which is five films from now. Oh, yeah. Let's let's move away from this. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it, isn't it still six? Let's move on with the review, Caleb. I... Oh no, it's five. It's five. Oh, no, let's. Okay, it's five. All right, let's press on. Let's come to final thoughts. Let's. Uh, yeah, the, starting with you, Sean. Final thoughts on Solo in this giant discussion. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I lived. I died. I cried. It became a part of me. Um, it's a gr- it's your twelve fifty goodbye. Yeah, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, it was a great action movie. It wasn't, you know, Mad Max Fury Road, but you know, it's a solid film. I'm just gonna repeat everything I said at the beginning. There you go. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five. You know, oh. uh, would you? Will you watch it again, sir? For after you? Yeah, yeah. Very well. Very good. I don't remember a lot of it, so I, I would watch it again. <laughs> There you That's go. That's not a really good thing to say at the end of the podcast that I'm doing about it, but okay. Uh, would you recommend it to anybody or, or to everybody, even like a non-Star Wars fan? No. Uh, well, 
I don't know anybody who's a non-Star Wars fan. I don't know anybody. Who, That's fair. You know, uh, and, and by the way, I don't mean Star Wars fan is in. They're going to pay, you know, 90 bucks to go to a convention. But just anybody who's seen uh, the Star Wars movies. If, if I were to talk to somebody who's never seen one before, I'm going to retract that statement. Okay. I would uh, show it to them I, I, if they were of a certain age. Um, I'm not going to show it to my mom because she doesn't like anything anymore <laughs> because she's 73 years old. Um, oh. But no, seriously, I think those people are just like anything. Yeah, they they don't like <laughs> anything new unless it's their idea to go see it. Like Book Club Part Two. Oh, I liked it. Oh, you're the one that wanted to go see it. That's why you liked it. The outfit. Oh, the outfit. Yeah, we both like that. That wasn't my idea to go there. We kind of, you know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry. If I were to show it to a 10-year-old or a 20-year-old, absolutely yes. Yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah. Go ahead. It's not the it's not the sisterhood of traveling pants. No. No, I would it, it, you know, if it's a kid, you know, here watch this 20 years ago. You know, let me know what you think about it and then we can go from there if you want to expand your your Star Wars lore. You know, same with Doctor Who, too. I would you know, so all right. Yeah. Now, who who else? Who is next in line from when we did it the first time? Steve. Steve. Okay. Steve is next in line. Um, I enjoyed this film. It's my favorite Disney Star Wars. Uh, I think everybody did a great job with uh, Eldon Enrich, who played Han Solo. Um, it is difficult not to imagine Harrison Ford playing this role. I mean, he he's Han Solo. For me um but if if you can get past i would say the first uh 10 minutes and you just accept it i think he does a great job uh you know i i don't i thought woody harrelson was fine donald glover um who else uh paul bettany i thought they all did a great job i i, I wish this would have taken off um mm. i think it's unfortunate that a lot of Star Wars fans took this as an opportunity to kind of boycott Star Wars after the the uh, Last Jedi, because it's a good film. It really yeah. is good. I mean, if, like if you can get past Harrison Ford is not going to be playing this character, um, I think it's great. Uh, it's very enjoyable. I think it's the best out of the Disney Star Wars, right up there. I think Rogue One is my next favorite. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's I think it's a good film. I highly recommend it. It's probably as good as Disney Star Wars will get. Mm. Very well. Uh, would you recommend it to somebody else? I would, mm. but I think this has got so much negativity on, behind it that I think a lot of current Star Wars fans just refuse to accept it. Hopefully, I think time will be kind mm -hmm. to it because I think I think back to the uh, the prequels. A lot of the original trilogy fans did not like the prequels at all, and now it's acceptable so uh i'm hoping really? time will yeah i hope time will be kind to this film yeah it has generally become acceptable prequel resurgence is a thing like it's mm. like everybody thinks they're good films now not everybody not everybody but no but no but yes the tide has certainly turned and yeah. disney had a lot to do with that too it's only a matter of time before the sequel trilogy becomes resurgence uh and maybe um we'll but but steve would you like to see elric uh per, pardon me if i got his name wrong would you like to see him uh, play um, Han Solo again in a uh, another uh, project? 
another project with Star Wars or just another? Yeah, with Star Wars. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, I think it would be not a good idea for him. <laughs> I think he needs to stay away from Star Wars uh, because I think it's his. What's what's one say earlier that his career just fell apart after mm. this, and it's just now starting to get some steam again. I unfortunately, I think this has hurt his career more than helped. Yeah, but uh, I think it'd be smart for him to stay away. But I would like to see him again. Yeah, maybe just a guest spot. Yeah, like show up in an episode of Lando. That probably wouldn't do too much damage. Yeah, absolutely. Same with Amelia Clark. I would like to see her again. Uh, how about you, Eric? What are your final summations here for this this feature film solo Star Wars story? Huh. Well, if this solo tattoo I have on my lower back has <laughs> anything to say. <laughs> about my feelings really? on this movie. Do you really? Is it a tramp stamp? <laughs> oh. I, I, yeah, I got that tattoo. It has nothing to do with Star Wars, but um, yeah, it seems... Is this after Solo film or from the original trilogy? Is that... No, nothing, to do, nothing to do with Star Wars. Is that above the uh, I Heart Rose sticker as well, or tattoo? <laughs> it's got Beckett's face right beside it. No, it's got James Cameron's face. <laughs> no, that one's not over his heart. <laughs> you guys jest, but it's because I'm so alone in life. Oh, uh, do you do you want do you want to um... that? And I love solo cups, but um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. no, honestly, you know, I, I always thought it was just like a, oh, it was a, it was a nice, nice little movie. You know, summing up what I said at the beginning, I thought it was a nice little movie, but over time, yeah, I've I have grown such a fondness for this. Because it is so standalone, because even Rogue One has its connections, um, because it's so standalone, it, it is one of my easier go-to, just put on a random Star Wars movie um, whenever I want. So that's another reason I've been, I rewatch it like quite heavily in my rotation lately. Um, mm. It's just nice. And I feel the same as Steve is, um, I, I, I so wish it had been, a, it, it turned out to be a trilogy like it was originally intended. Yeah. I would so love to see Alden be in Star Wars again. Mm. Amelia Clark, because um, Star Wars with all its expanded um, series, etc., they have a way of investigating every incidental character that could possibly exist. Like everybody in the Cantina practically has their own novel in the original uh, Cantina. Um, so Kira seems rife for for some type of. Um, continuation or expansion because she's getting on to that Crimson Dawn stuff and and even though there is Star Wars Rebels that took place around the same time and Andor there's still quite I feel a lot of territory to mine if one wanted to in this time period um, post Clone Wars pre uh, New Hope so yeah I hope the Lando series does come to fruition totally there for it but yeah, it's just a really nice movie that I think it's just such a shame has a bad mm-hmm. rap. Oh, and I give it four out of five, which is up. I've given it three and a half out of five for the longest, but I just changed my rating on on Letterbox yeah. today. Now, how about you, Isaac? Final? No, 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 no. Caleb. What did what did you think of uh, Solo? Like your final thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think out of the the very bland, or I don't know how the, the Disney era. I feel like it it spent so much time kind of uh, just desperately trying to revive the star wars love like remember remember how much you like this uh maybe you'd like it again if we just recycle it for all that that stuff and this movie does have some of those elements i feel like this one feels the most fresh out of their movies 
And every time I go back, it just has such an enjoyable vibe that I can just, yeah, just have fun with it. Um, I didn't, there's a couple things I wanted to mention that I liked that we didn't really comment on. Um, I liked that early kind of chase scene that he had, that little, it was almost like a car race with his little, little sports speeder. I thought all that stuff was really cool and exciting and a good way to jump me into the movie. And I love that ex that water explosion that they have when they uh, lose that coaxial or coaxium uh, shipment. I thought that water explosion was a nice little piece of visual uh, variety as well. So, so lots of fun stuff to go back to, and and yeah, I think this is definitely a worthy Star Wars entry. How about how about you, Isaac? Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, where to start with this? Uh, my final thoughts. You know, trying to analyze this film because <clears throat> kind of just in the middle. I think it's okay. It's an okay film, but analyzing it, I noticed that there was the recurring theme throughout the film is that it alludes to a lot of what uh, Han Solo has been running from his entire life. Is that like even in this in, even in this story um, with both the L three droid and then the um, what's her face uh, part of the uh, the other the other uh, syndicate or not syndicate the other the Marauders um, they were both talking of rebellion. And we saw that in the Spice Mines scene where there was rebellion. Mm. And then, you know, the, the speech that she had made on the desert planet, she was talking about rebellion and, you know, how many she needs to fight, like, they, they have to fight back and the, the, these crime syndicates are the problem. Same thing with the uh, the, the Empire. They're, they're, especially in the beginning, like, you know, and Han even touches on that in a way. So I guess he is a bit sympathetic where he's just... I guess to speak his mind where he's just like aren't we the invading force like, yeah <laughs> wait i like that are we the bad guys um so i think it's the, the movie is really trying to kind of foreshadow the fact that han is going to be a part of the rebellion one day no matter no matter how and i think even as eric has put it as well i think the, like when he compared him to that um stanley kubrick film uh where this you know this, this character you know we see him throughout his entire life no matter where han is he keeps thinking that he's a smuggler. He's not. He's a rebel. Like I know he, he's a rebel in a way, but like he's part. He's he is a person that is worth like deep down should be fighting like for the the little guy for. And we literally see that in the original trilogy. So I noticed that in this film of like you know, slowly saying that Han Solo is a rebel and will one day join a rebellion. I don't know if she, like the uh, other the, the the guys were connected to the rebel alliance at all. I I, I assume not, but. Mm. We'll definitely be talking about rebellion in the uh, next film, but that's <laughs> I rebel. Uh, that's for that's that's for the next film, not this. So I uh, I don't know if I'd rec I guess I'd recommend it for some people, but for me personally, I uh, I'm good. I'm like um, I wish they had, personally I wish the greatest hits had been um, not present in there, uh, and they would have focused a little bit more. I think what it, what they have here is fine. I just wish they left out some of that those callbacks because it's not really necessary and uh, doesn't really advance the story in any way. Um, that's it. I'm, I'm done. That's all I have to say. Yeah. To ask your same question, would you go back to this one? Do you feel or or no? I don't think I will. Uh, I don't. I don't feel. Maybe one day, but I don't. Uh, currently, I was no. No, I'm. I'm good. I don't. Uh, I don't think I need to watch this one again. Because I'd rather just watch the episodes four, five, and six. Mm. Yeah, and speaking of that, yeah, we're coming finally, finally coming close to getting to those movies. We're getting close. We're getting. We have one more film. One and more then to we go. Get the good stuff. Or at least for me, we get the good stuff. That's the one that I haven't seen all the way through. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Oh, well, let's go. 
I, I nice. I, I don't know how we would do a podcast about Star Wars: A New Hope. Uh, like, what are you gonna say about that? Yeah, it's a good question. I've been thinking about that for months. I'm like, what in the hay are we going to say? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, <laughs> nothing that we say it, it has you know, it's already been said. So I'm trying to think of like stuff, like Sean. I've been I've been like debating this. I've been like kept up at night. I'm just like, what am I? What are we gonna <laughs> say about four, five, and six? That yeah, he's make- brought this up to me before. That yeah, he's doing this. <laughs> I am. I'm probably gonna get gray hairs over this, like, cause you know it's, it's kind of important to me. So I'm like, ah, I just, even though this, like, you know, this, this podcast doesn't matter. I'm just like, ah, it's still like, want to say something. I just, I, I want to be intelligent over this. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's for that's for later. We got one more film to do before that. Yeah. To add the stress, I, I think we both feel like we fucked up with our commentary years ago. So yeah, we've got some mea culpas to make. I like it's yeah the, yeah so many mea culpas, <laughs> like. Got to redo those. I don't know, I'm not worried about that one. <laughs> sure. Find something. No, that's true. But thank you guys very much for joining us for this solo discussion. I had, had a lot of fun trailing off in many different directions and yeah, looking forward to discussing Rogue One. Slightly more divisive entry. Well, maybe I guess they're both divisive. But <laughs> Do you want to take us home, Isaac? Of course. Do you, the audience, believe that you could beat Han Solo's record in the Kessel Run? Till next time. Peace. Okay, I guess I'll I guess I'll open it up. Wait, which one is this for us? Is this our fourth or fifth? Fifth. Well, all these guys here want to believe it's the fourth, but there was a fifth one that we did, but everybody likes to forget sure. about that one. No, it's, yeah, it's the fifth. Because nobody wants to go back to the Clone Wars. It's a rather terrible place. I do, just not that, just not that movie.